Welcome to Free Fall RC I'm Podcast. Here, 15 minutes in. Yeah, I'm good over here. drink. All right, let's get started then. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. Andy. Hey, now. <laughs> and first time on the show, we got Tom Shen. What's up, guys? What's up, Tom? Yeah, what's up? Hey, Tom. Not much. All right. This is episode 202, Talking Shop with Tom Shen. All right. All right. So let's first get catch up with everyone's week. Uh, who'd like to go first? I can go first, dude. All right. Because I did next to nothing. Yep. I was on call. The weather was crappy. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't do much other than uh, work around the house and uh, 3D print some more parts for my case for the Shrike that I'm working on. It's turning out to be... The case is going to be more involved than the plane that goes inside the case. <laughs> it's going to be more work <laughs> nice. and more, not more expensive, but uh, just more time into printing this out. It's, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's one of those projects where I'm guessing down the road, I'll probably learn from it. I'm hoping, you know, so I kind of made, sure, yeah. I'm making the space for the case and the case is going to be in two parts, kind of sandwiching the wings and the fuselage together. And I'm, leaving enough room so I can line that with some weather stripping, some three quarter inch weather stripping. And that's, it's coming out really good, but it's just taking some time. So I have a question. What's this case for? Uh, there's a bottom and a top. It's kind of like a guitar case. Put the guitar in the middle and sandwich it between the top and the bottom of the case. But I mean, to transport or to store or to ship, like, I'm not sure what the purpose of this is. To store and to transport. So you're going to transport the plane in this case in the car? Like, yeah, seems like a lot of um, what do you call it? a lot of space being used, you know, well, it for normally a single plane. Normally, something like this will ride in the front seat with me, like not mm-hmm. in the driver's seat, obviously, but in the passenger seat. <laughs> yeah. And my, I have a two door <laughs> Jeep, so it's kind of packed to begin with. Right. And I don't know. Call it a pet peeve. I don't know. I can't stand when you set everything nice and neat in the front or wherever, and as mm-hmm. you're driving, it rolls all over the place. And so I'm constantly fighting with it the whole way home. And I'm just like, you know, I want to try and build a nice case, you know. And foam gets all dinged up. Yeah, I mean, I've only got like oh, yeah. one flight on this thing, and geez, the the radiant. The first time I had that out, I smashed it up a little bit, and I don't know, just uh, want to protect it a little more. Okay, no, that's fair enough. Just curious. And I've got it so it'll fit, you know, on the floor and then, like, rest on the passenger seat. Okay. Nice. <laughs> it's probably going to come out way too big again. I won't even be able to fit it in the Yeah, that's what I see. <laughs> when I saw the two halves, I'm like, I don't, I know oh, what I'm man. looking at, but it's like, I mean, that's that's a big thing for what, though? Like, I don't, you know, so I didn't, I didn't know, but okay. At that point, I'm just going to stomp it like that guy in the, <laughs> the, the video. That video. <laughs> that nice. video. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I'm gonna blame the I'm gonna blame the 3D printer in the case and yep, yep. Tell Motion RC they need to take it back because <laughs> it doesn't fit sure, in my Jeep. <laughs> can you make sure your wife uh, videos that? Yeah, yep. Just when you can a video, like, <laughs> except, I'm not wasting my time doing this shit. <laughs> no, except my wife would not be like, "Yeah, that's right, honey, you take it back." She'd be like, "What are you an asshole?" 
<laughs> you just paid money for that, you stupid yeah. idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you stupid or something? You just paid good money for that. You just stepped on it. <laughs> How do I shut this thing off? You're so stupid. That's what you would be telling me. Oh, that's funny. And I also, um, I, I've been working on this handheld. Uh, well, it's finished. It's a little retro pie thing. Yeah, Steve, mm-hmm. Steve did like the the kind of half stand up version that I saw this weekend, dude, and it came out awesome. You're the what you were talking about a couple episodes ago. Yeah, you know, really came out good. But I, I didn't want to order somebody. I mean, I don't know. It's it's like anything else. You know, we have the internet, we have the search bar, and with this guy's kit, the the website that I got this whole kit from, the battery was twenty five dollars, and it's only oh my god, yeah, it's only a one S two thousand milliamp battery. Yeah, so I'm like, well, I'm gonna see if I can source that somewhere else, maybe a little cheaper. Mm-hmm. And I got it from Hobby King for like four dollars. So yeah. not the same battery, but one that'll fit something similar. Sure. And while I'm on Hobby King's site, uh, I wanted to look around for a receiver. And I got this receiver, dude. It's got to be, it's a six-channel receiver, and it's about, it's just a circuit board, and it's like a half inch by a half inch square, and that's it, with a little whip antenna coming off of it. Nice. And my purpose for that is I 3D printed this super small tank. It's like the size of an iPhone. And wow. um, I'm going to see if I can get that. It's like you got to make your servos continuous and stuff like that. Yeah, that servos are what's driving the tracks, right? It's not like a motor or anything. It's actual servos, right? Right, right. Yeah. But it's FPV and, you know, I can't figure I can't fit a regular sized receiver in there. So I'm, I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? For whatever it was, it was like 15 bucks or something silly like that. I'm like, oh, I'll try one out, you know, I thought I, it was pretty cool. Nice. That'll be neat. Yeah. So that's really all i've been up to i'm working like an idiot once again <laughs> i'm gonna be looking up steve shaw when i go down to florida for christmas break yeah <laughs> yeah see what's going on down there so what are you guys nice. been up to yeah go andy i i flew the gasser once and that's it <laughs> that's it I've no wrenching no nothing. nothing i've done no wrenching uh my son was here with me over the weekend Okay. So we went and did things. Yeah. Four wheelers. And I spent all day Saturday cleaning out my truck because I traded trucks Monday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I saw that picture. So, nice. yeah. So I had to clean it up a little bit, get all my tools and all the, the shit generator. out, all the cracks and crevices. And yeah. I'd be surprised how much stuff I had in there, like just collected up over the years. Mm-hmm. So, what do you mean you traded it? You traded that one in for a new one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, so what yeah, did you got, get? I didn't see the picture. It's, like. uh, I got a Ford F-250. Mm-hmm. 250, nice. Okay. Yeah, it's a little bit bigger. Gas or diesel? Well, it's actually a lot bigger. It's a diesel. Nice. I don't know why this trend, like three-quarter ton trucks mm-hmm. are as big as a fucking dump truck was 15 years ago. Yeah. They just keep getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. You got to have a stupid ladder to even get in the thing. <laughs> it's America right there. That's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> stupid. So anyway, but that's what I ended up with. Nice. Diesel, because I need it around the farm. And mm-hmm. I'm putting a, a tool bed on the back, like a utility bed. Yeah. So i got to get all that set up in a few days. Nice. Anyway, so I was dealing with that, and then 
son was here, so spent some time with him. So I really didn't get any RC other than that one flight in. So. Oh, you know what? I got one other thing I'd like to add. This is my time, Kevin. If if I could. You wait till I'm done. Oh, wait a minute. Sorry. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> right. I was going to say my headphones were working there. No, I, I forgot to add that I did get it on the simulator, and I was simming with AccuRC for oh, about. Sure. Oh, yeah, nice. we, we sim too. I remember. Yeah, Thursday. Hey, I did do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, we got together with a couple guys and simmed. Yeah. Thursday, last yeah. Thursday. Yeah, hey, I, I need to get in on that. So I simmed once, yeah. and then I flew once. Nice. I don't think. Uh, I don't know. I was really busy Thursday night. I think because I was working late Wednesday night for the edit. I don't even know how that show got edited. Thank God Scott Graham could talk without me editing a ton of shit out. It was it was great because I didn't have to do much work. But uh, I think I was working late Wednesday, and I, I don't even know. But I got on a sim, I think, yesterday, Sunday, and I was on a simulator for like 20 minutes, and I was like, this is nothing like <laughs> my Oxy 5. And I was like, all right, forget it. <laughs> I didn't even want to take any time to like mess around with settings or anything. I got I got to do that, but I was just like, I don't even want to try and do it. I was like, forget it. <laughs> yeah. So that's all. What have you been up to, Steve? That's all Andy and I have been doing. Yeah. So I got to take a no fly this week. Just um, I had kind of, it's not really a business trip, but it sort of is. But basically, um, I was going away for the week. So I kind of had a lot of prep work to do around the house and with the family and shopping, grocery shopping and stuff like that. And so I, I really didn't have to. The opportunity to fly this weekend plus the weather was kind of crap it was yeah, pretty it was... windy and cold yep and and i think um it, you know it's been kind of like not rain but it seemed like it's i don't know just overcast and stuff so um i did buy some stuff and i did work on some stuff a little though so um my gas can i have like a regular traditional i'm not sure what company it is i think it's like hangar nine or something it's like one of those you know manual pumps Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, I want a, I want a nice, you know, uh, electric pump for it. So I ordered two different ones just to try out. It's the one that I have on my Jersey modeler can. It's kind of leaking. So I was just like, let me just buy two. And if I use one or use the other, whatever, it was only like 20 bucks. So it's not that big of a deal. So those actually got delivered today. So that's cool. Um, I did also. Ins- what did you get? I don't know. They're like some eBay no-name brand. One's one's a, a brand that I did recognize, but it's really old. But I got it for like twelve bucks or something like that, and plus shipping. Um, so Steve, one, yeah. let me ask you a question, dude. I we've probably answered this before, and I think I know the answer. But you cannot use the same pump for nitro and for gas, right? Or can you? I mean, if you want to switch over to lines and stuff, because you can't use the same line. The silicone oh, line does not work with the gasser. Yeah. Okay. You have to use the Tigon stuff. So, um, I think you know, the pumps, uh, most pumps will work with. Yes, either, either one. Yes. Okay. But it's, it's correct. Just, the lines are incompatible. Yeah. Okay. Better to have two pumps. Yeah, exactly. And I actually have three now. So <laughs> I got an extra one for whatever. Um, but I did get. I ordered it. I didn't. Even, I forgot to talk about it last week. But I actually ordered and got the Spartan RPM Gov sensor in for the gasser. So yeah. I brought the gasser into the house and laid some paper towel down and, and started working on the gasser in the family room. Um, got got the uh, RPM sensor hooked up and everything looks good. So that should be ready to go. Nice. Yep. Um, I 3D printed 
a ton of the Sullivan Dynatron, like I guess I, I'm calling them end caps. They're like the 3D printed end caps for the battery. And it's, uh, it's designed by this guy, MAK. I forgot. I know we spoke about it last week. But I've been printing that out like constantly. Just My printer's just been running the whole time last week. Um, and I've been printing around different colors and trying different things. I did hack up uh, one of them to put the put like a free for RC podcast on it. So so that you know just to put out a kind of spin on it. Yeah, and it I figure good. let me yeah I figure let me print out a whole bunch and you know if anybody you know at my local club or if I go if I'm flying I have them and needs it you know more than welcome to take it. Um, so I figure I get that. Uh, yeah, we sim Thursday night. And that was pretty cool. We were simming with uh, you, Andy, and um, uh, Ray Bacon, I think, was on there. Ray Bacon, Dan. Craig Quillen. Quillen, yep. Dan, Dan the Man. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. I think was, that was it. Was that it? Yeah. I would have just left my radio on the floor and clicked spectate. would have just watched <laughs> at that <Yeah>. point. <laughs> um, some good flying, you know, some good banter, just hanging out and stuff. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, I think I might have said I might be going to chill out on that thing. I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. But, but we'll see. Um, and the last thing I wanted to say is I ordered three planes. And those planes got delivered. And they're not three planes for me. Well, one of them is. But it's actually for Andy and Kevin and I to do a, a little... I don't know, I guess it's basically stealing it from the um, the uh, RC Roundtable guys. Mm-hmm. And they did a three-way build with a Cub, I believe, right? With a Balsa Cub? Okay. Yes. I yeah. can't remember. But yeah. Well, we're doing a three-way build with uh, Willy Nilly's Barnstormer 250. Barnstormer. I did yeah. get that, but I didn't know if you were wanting to talk about it yet. Yeah, yeah. We're, it we're looks not sure super it's... cool. Mm-hmm. Like laser cut. And... Yeah. Yeah. And it's a small, you know, yeah, it's, it's a really small, small, it's a really small plane. And it, with the specs that they, you know, with their electronics specs that they're re- recommending, will fit under the FAA 250 gram, two six of butter, whatever you call it, uh, rule. So, mm-hmm. which is, which is pretty cool. Um, I was thinking it'd be nice to do a, a balsa build for all of us since we don't really mess with planes or balsa planes mm-hmm. specifically, uh, building wise at least. And then we can take, do our own little take on it and then, I think we can use these for like indoor flying and stuff like that when we when we do do those. Um, so it'd be pretty cool. Well, this is going to be my first balsa build ever. Yeah, yeah, mine, mine too. I I built half a plane scratch building it out mm-hmm. of balsa, but I never finished it. Yeah. So I don't think the build's going to be too bad. Nope. Um, I'm going to have to find someone to teach me how to cover it. That's going to be a hard part. Yeah. Never covered a plane. <laughs> from scratch it's not like that I've, bad. I've repaired stuff you know mm-hmm. but never completely covered one yeah. have you it's not too bad i have yeah it's not too bad i recovered a wing and yeah uh, yeah you did that whole wing with the middle section too right yeah with the middle section cut out and some clear red yeah on it yeah you watch a video too and you'll you'll get the basic understanding of how to do it um Oh, now I gotta watch a video. Yeah, just don't watch that video of that guy smashing the A three ten A ten because that's not. I'm gonna watch that over and over. That's, that's, that's I mean, not I mean, the way do you watch build. that and then go watch the actual video of how to cover. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that video is hilarious. Oh man. Anyways, um, 
yeah, so that's about it for me. Yeah, and this should be a really cool build, though, dude. And how are we going to do this? We're just going to start, um, like, together? Or how did... I don't know how the roundtable did it. Yeah, so they kind of just started together and started talking about it during the progress. And then, like, I, I guess once they finished building it and made it, they kind of spoke about, like, the, the differences that they did. Because, uh, one of them made it, like, nitro. One made it electric with a really big motor. And then another person made it twin motor. Oh, okay. On the wings, yeah. So... So they they did it in a, a, a unique way that way. Um, I don't know how unique we're gonna be making it. Now this kit is, you know, I'm putting all the heli listeners to sleep, but this kit um, does allow you to do like a a shoulder wing setup or a low wing setup. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping at least one of us will pick the other. You know, I don't mind if I do the low wing. I call kit, shoulder. shoulder. Yeah, you guys could do the shoulder because I I think Kevin, you also want to do it like. Um, because it, it looks like an ugly stick. Yeah. So you want to do like the ugly stick, the traditional ugly stick with the, I don't know what you call those crosses on it and the white ends and stuff. But yeah, you want to use that type crosses, of thing. Yeah. Is that what it is? Iron cross? Yeah. yeah. No wings on the top. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, if that if that's what you guys both want to do, then that's fine. And I'll do a long wing or whatever, um, yeah, mid wing, low wing setup, whatever it is, the alternate. And, you know, most likely covering wise, I'll just covering orange or something i don't know i'll do something um so i'm not i'm not really worried about that as far as like i know covering wise uniquely we're gonna all probably pick different colors so we'll we'll talk about it on the show and we'll kind of set some stuff and like you know maybe a schedule and like when we'll start when we expect to at least have have it done and then you know maiden or something but i think it'd be pretty cool if we have it done and ready for maiden by uh, the free fall fun fly, which I think I'm moving to um, springtime, so okay, uh, we'll have to we'll have to figure that out. I, I, I'm trying to take Andy's work schedule into consideration, but it's hard so early on, you know, who's doing all the weather and everything's going to be like for him. So, damn it, Andy. Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Basically, any time in the spring, I probably won't be able to come. Any time in the spring, but even if it's like late okay. May or something, or early yeah, June. Like per- that's per- that's exactly what I'll be planning. Okay, what if uh, so you can't? My point is, you 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 can't plan around that. So it just have to be what it is. If I come, I come. If I can't, I can't. Okay, you know because it there's too much going on late June, July. So yeah, you know. So we'll figure it, it out. Is. Yep. Well, dude, if you can't make it down whenever Steve plans it, we're gonna have to come down there. For a weekend or something. Well, yeah. I think we're gonna have to come down anyways because I think we're gonna do a a free fall heli fest down south. Oh, I've considered it. Yeah, possibly. So. Oh. Mm. Okay. So save at least a day or two for <laughs> from your work. Day or two of you know PTO. I mean sick days. I mean PTO. You know. Yeah. Just, I'm just gonna quit. It'll just give me an <laughs> excuse to quit my job. Yeah. Um, right. I got this fun fly to go to, and it's very important, so I'm going to quit. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's been nice. Yeah, no, I don't and, think that's uh, good. <laughs> got this fun fly to go to, so <laughs> I'm quitting. All right, let's 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 see how Tal's been up to. Let's see what Tal's been up to these days. <laughs> um, hey, so before I get started, I just want to congratulate you guys on your uh, 200th episode, which was a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, just want to say, you know, thanks for what you guys do. I commute about an hour, hour and a half one way 
every day. So three hours of my day. Right. You guys, you guys are awesome, you know, to listen to in the car. So nice. um, thanks. Keep up the good work. Um, thanks, sorry, man. I didn't. Yeah, sorry, I didn't. I uh, wasn't able to leave a message for you guys, but I did want to. Um, but just wanted to get that out there. Oh, thanks. <clears throat> thanks, yeah. Tom. All right. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, I haven't done much except for um, RCHO. Uh, we had the huh? fall pool. I think it was a couple weeks ago. Andy, you were there. Yes. Um, so that was my last flight. I, I believe it or not, I don't get a whole lot of flights in um, besides events. Like ninety five percent. Yeah, ninety five percent of all my flying happens at events. Um, wow. Yeah, and the 5% is, you know, I'll I'll, I'll rebuild something, and then I'll go out to a a random kind of road field, put it up in the air, test it, and I'm like, okay, you know, that's good, and then I pack it away, and then it pretty much sits to the next event. Well, if if that's the case, Tom, I've seen you fly, and you absolutely throw down, so how many freaking events are you hitting a year? (laughs) (laughs) One every weekend? No, no. This year, I, uh, my first one was Birmingham. I think you went to that one, Andy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Huntsville. Um, and then I think after that was Dragonfly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one, I think, coincided with the, your free fall. Yeah, I couldn't go because yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Steve wouldn't let me. Yeah. <laughs> and then I did Urcha. Um, -hmm. RCHO. So, I mean, it's been like five events this year. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So, did a little bit of wrenching to kind of bring some of the uh, helicopters back to uh, life from the beating. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Had to to rebuild the head uh, and do some, you know, damper and uh, bearing changes. So, nothing major. So, did your helicopters uh, die last uh, couple weeks ago? You know, believe it or not, uh, all of them except one came back home with me. And the only reason why the other one didn't, the one didn't come home with me is because um, somebody wanted to buy it. So it got sold right there on the spot. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so you're not living up to the, the field's name of where this is where helicopters come to die, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I did. I wasn't flying all that. You know how sometimes you just go to events and there's just some events where, you know, you're feeling like, man, you, you can do no wrong. And then yeah. there's other events. There's other events where you, or it's not even an event, or you just go out and fly and you just don't feel it, and you just like, mm-hmm. like no matter what you do, it doesn't feel like you can actually get any kind of, uh, uh, um, like decent flying in. Just mm-hmm. you're just not feeling it. Just not comfortable and, uh, feeling it. Yeah, right? just yeah, just not comfortable. So. I couldn't get comfortable. It's probably because I haven't flown in such a long time. And it was just taking me a while to get warmed up or, or whatnot. But, you know, I was flying, but it just, I wasn't like feeling it, feeling it. Geez, that's like every event I go to. <laughs> I'm not feeling it's comfortable. Like, that's like every flight I do. <laughs> well, I mean, every event starts off like that for me. Because, it, you know, it's. Sure. You know, that little warm up period. Yeah. So. It's how long does it take to get to the point where I feel like I'm comfortable again, or some you know some events I just don't get comfortable at all, and I'm just flying just to fly. All right, so shall we go into the main topic and get to know Tom a little better? Sure, let's do it. 
Okay, so first, Tom, where are you located? I live um, about 30 miles northeast of Atlanta. Oh, okay. Um, out in the burbs. And, oh, right uh, on. Yeah, I commute into Midtown every day for work. Oh, boy. Oh, I bet that sucks. It does. Traffic sucks here in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. I Traffic sucks there everywhere. occasionally, <laughs> and it's pretty shitty. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, Atlanta's pretty bad. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Thank okay. You. Thank goodness for uh, podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, how long have you been in the hobby? This is probably, I want to say, I got back into the hobby um, 2014. Um, okay. So not too long ago. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it hasn't been too long. I had a huge gap, or I should say, lapse in you know where I got out. Um, I think it was, I joined the service in 99. So right around that time is when I just kind of sold everything. Okay. Um, you know, went into the military, did that, went to yeah. school and just all that stuff in life happened. Nice. And it wasn't until 2014 where I was like, you know what? I kind of miss RC. So I happened to walk into a hobby town and grabbed a 450, uh, what was that? Uh, Probably a Blade 450X? Yeah, yeah, the Blade 450X. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just started kind of hovering it in the backyard, and that's all she wrote. Nice. All downhill from there. Tom, did you fly Heli's <laughs> before that? Like before yeah. your break? Yeah. So, um, as far as RC goes, I, I had my first taste of remote control mid 80s. Um, you know, my neighbors, I, we live in an apartment complex. My neighbor was driving around this. Um, it was a Tamiya hotshot. Nice. Like hotshot is yeah. cool, yeah. Yeah, it was one of the coolest cars back then. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm just so, like, envious and jealous. And so, you know, to my dad, what does a kid do? You go to your dad and say, hey, I want one of those. So my dad said, well, you know what? Uh, get your grades to a straight A this uh, school year and uh, we'll get you one. And he probably thought that dumbass ain't gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can I can tell him I'll buy him anything. He ain't gonna make it. But uh, sure enough, I ended up pulling my grades up to a straight you know straight A's, and the look on his face was like shit. Now I gotta buy this electric uh-huh. remote control car for him. So we went to a local hobby shop, and uh, they recommended a Tamiya Grasshopper. So that was oh my yeah, first, I had that. Yep. Yeah, that was my that was my first RC car, and. Uh, um, it sucked because you got one NICAD battery and the chargers back then took like 24 hours to charge yeah, overnight, basically. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, you had like three minutes of runtime. Yeah. I had the <laughs> charger that hooked up to the battery of my car. So it charged oh, it my... quicker, but oh, man, God. yeah, I remember yeah, I had so... the Falcon. Everybody got the grasshopper. I went and got the Falcon and I think yeah, I yeah, still yeah. have it somewhere, but yeah, brushed motor. The mechanical yep. like ESC speed control. Yep. Speed yep. control. Yep. You had a servo. Yep. You had a servo turning the little disc. Yep. Yep. It's yeah. crazy. Just making the contacts and stuff is crazy. Yeah. See sparks. Yeah. I'll tell you what though, those things oh, took yeah. a beating though. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they did. They really did. It did. I mean, I abused it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I got tired of waiting twenty four hours to uh, charge a battery, and I went back to the hobby shop. I said, "Man, you guys got anything that'll charge the battery faster?" Guy looked at me and said, "Yeah, we got something for you." And he pulled out the same thing that you just talked about, Kevin. Two alligator clips right. that leave 
leads into a little Tamiya plug. And uh, yeah. he said, basically, if your battery starts getting warm, you need to pull it off and never leave it unattended. <laughs> yeah. Big giant heat sink on the top of it. Yeah. At one point, I think I, I charged it a little too much and the wires start getting frayed yeah. and melted and start smoking. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so that was my first foray into uh, remote control. And it just kind of went downhill from there. You know, I I always stayed into cars, did a lot of on-road, off-road, you know, racing, and uh, did boats for a while, too. Oh, wow. um, Nice. Yeah. um, And it wasn't until, I want to say around high school, a good buddy of mine, Dwayne Peters, um, he's an awesome pilot. um, And he just said, hey, you want to try flying a plane? So. I was like, yeah, let's, let's try to fly a plane. He picked me up and packed up. And I had, a, I think it was a Thunder Tiger Skylark trainer. Okay. Uh, you basically strapped on rubber bands to the top wing to keep it mm-hmm. down. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was a 40 size engine. And so I, that's how I kind of got started into um, RC airplanes. Okay. And uh, that, that kind of evolved to. You know, him, he was flying a helicopter one day, and I was like, man, that seems really cool. I want to get into helicopters. So I sold all my planes, mm. and, I, and I bought um, – I was finally able to afford a Concept 30 SR, I think, made by Wow. Kershaw. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And um, nice. so got that, and I think – yeah, he built me a um, sticks and wiffle balls for training. For training gear, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I spent like, man, gallons and gallons and gallons of just learning how to hover. It was all right, but that that helicopter didn't last long. The um, torque tube, if I remember right, wasn't even a torque tube. It was a uh, basically a piano wire. Yeah, the wire. Thing. And it was yeah, mm-hmm. it was loop, looped on the ends, and that loop is what kind of went into the uh, oh torque God. tube gears. Wow. And and it didn't have a bearing either. It was just a plastic. Uh, guides or something pushing yeah just a plastic oh. pushing, and, and you had to lube it up real good and and that's once the bushing wore off you know your wire was just flapping around so you got to change it out and yeah it was, it was pretty cool and then um that, that kind of got old pretty quick i was wearing it out i was just burning through nitro like crazy just to learn how to hover mm-hmm. so uh found a good deal on uh um xl60 by miniature aircraft okay um so that was my next helicopter. It was pretty cool. It had a wooden tray where your aileron <laughs> ser- or your cyclic servos sat. Uh-huh. And, and then you had a third servo that connected to the wooden tray, and that was your pitch. And that moved the whole thing, yeah. That, yeah, that, that pivoted that entire wooden tray back and yeah. forth to control your pitch. It was, it was pretty wild. Um, but, wow. I mean, yeah, so I burned, man, I burned so much fuel just learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to a point where I was doing forward flight um, and just kind of like Cuban 8s, and, and that's about it. And that's kind of where I stopped and sold everything off and joined the military. And so it was 99 around that time frame. I mean, if you guys know anything about TMO moving from the military, like delicate things don't really last very long moving <laughs> oh, through yeah. there. <laughs> so I was like, none of this stuff is going to survive. So I just sold it all off. And uh and I really never got back into it until just recently. So, well, thanks for your service. Yeah, yeah, man. Oh, thank you guys for your uh, support. 
What branch were you in, Tom? I was in the Air Force. Okay. Okay. Nice. And um, it was good times. Nice. Awesome. Uh, so currently, do you only fly helicopters, or do you also fly planes and maybe quads or multi rotors? Um, just helicopters. I do. You know, confession. I do have a Mavic Pro, mm-hmm. but like it's got six flights on it, and it hasn't really done much with it. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I got a Spark too, and you know, judgment free zone here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh cool cool all right so <clears throat> let's see here um if you don't mind me asking what do you do for a living i i'm in the it uh okay. realm. um i do pretty much maintain well i did the implementation and the maintaining and development of um uh erp system our our company moved or didn't really have any um if anybody doesn't you know doesn't know what an erp system is it's a enterprise planning resource system. So you basically have one massive system that does the accounting, the HR payroll, you know, materials, you know, shipping distribution, all of that is just basically one massive system in it. Wow. Takes care. Um, so wow, it's crazy. Yeah. That sounds like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a massive system and like you never really know how big it is until you actually start digging into it. Um, sure. But uh, yeah, I manage our company, you know, with the ERP system and, and the, all the other ans- ancillary uh, servers like, you know, our exchange uh, file servers. We've got stuff hosted. Okay. So, so like a system admin or? Uh, if your official title is director of an information technology. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Nice. Do you uh, have any sponsors? I am sponsored by Only Fine Helis. Oh, nice. I didn't know you were on that team. Awesome. Yep, yep. Uh, I nice. am on Only Fine Helis team. And uh, not really a sponsor, but I am on the, the dev or the beta test uh, team for Brain. Okay. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Nice. Well, talking about... Mm-hmm. Your teammate, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about... um you know, the brain and stuff like, so let's, let's go into first. What's, what's in your fleet? What do you like to fly? Um, so I have a uh, five sixteen synergy, five sixteen that's stretched. I mm-hmm. have a uh, synergy N five, five, six that's stretched to a six Oh six. Nice. Um, I have the N seven and I have a specter 700. Um, I, I did nice. have a Globo, but that just recently got sold at the RCHO event. Nice. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so with your fleet, which – so what what do you have, like, as far as your – I'm doing air quotes here. You're supporting equipment or of choice, like radio, batteries, charger, you know. So you said fly bars, do you like to fly the brain? Correct. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm using the brand, brain 2. Um, as fly barless, I use mm-hmm. Jetty for radio transmission. Oh boy, right up above <laughs> right up Andy's alley there. Yeah, yep, <laughs> Rain yep. and Jetty, nice. Rain and Jetty, yep. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get any uh, better than that. Yeah, it's it's a great combo. Um, yeah. Let's see. I got um, an iCharger 406 Duo. Okay. Little charge case for my mm-hmm. charger. Nice. Um, batteries. I was using Pulse and kind of been having issue with them, so I've 
uh, pretty much converted all my stuff over to Gen's Ace. What else is there? I think that's um, about it for all the supporting equipment. Okay. Unless you got something you want, else you want to know. Kind of engine. I mean, we're going to yeah. get into it more, but what kind of yeah. engine do you like or prefer? Yes. Your nitro. Uh, nitros. You know, so I have a little bit of everything, right? So I have YSs. I have OS 105s, and I'm even flying a, a Nova Rossi 57 on my uh, 556. Okay, so, cool. You know, I'm, I'm I, I dabble with about every, you know, just about everything. Yeah, that's cool. Nice. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that. I want to get your opinions on those. Tom, was there any reason why you sold the Glogo? Did you not like it, or um, should I not ask that? <laughs> I think no, a guy no. wanted it more than he did. Yeah. Okay. Right. It flew nice. It flew great. Um, I didn't have any issues with the flying characteristics. However, there are certain things I didn't like about it. Um, the first thing was that if you ever bent the main shaft, you have to basically take all your bearing blocks and your servo mounts off of the uh, um, mainframe to change the main shaft because you have to get underneath there to release the, um, yeah. I think it's your uh, pulley off of the pin. Yeah. Yeah. To pull the pin out. And then, I mean, it, it just, it was a nightmare. I've done it once and I was like, I'm not doing that again. And it wasn't even that bad because I had um, the expert uh, KD1 servo, so I could, it was easily just, mm-hmm. luckily I was able to unplug him on. Yeah. I could pull the whole servo tray out, but I was just like, man, that is way too much work to just change the main shaft. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just recently did that too, so I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it just, it just wasn't fun. Um, but it flies great. I, I mean, I couldn't, I, I can't really complain of anything about flight characteristics. Um, however, at extravaganza, I did have a boom strike with it. <laughs> um, I do have the hard dampeners. Oh, it, you do have the hard dampeners too. Yeah. And I wow. even had a, a carbon boom. Um, Whoa. Okay. I mean, it wasn't like bad. Um, was it just a tap or? Yeah, it was like <laughs> boom touch. Man. Uh, yeah, and everybody just heard it and looked, and I brought it down, and they just kind of crowded around. I was like, what was that? And I was yeah. like, that was a boom strike. <laughs> yeah, you, you see those marks right there? <laughs> yeah, I knew I knew immediately, you know, as soon as that happened, I knew what it was. So I knew that there are certain things that I shouldn't do with it, um, the way I flew it. So Yeah. So it just, yeah. When the guy came up, and he was like, hey. I can't find this stuff, you know, in stock anywhere. You know, how do you like it? He just kind of started a conversation with mm-hmm. me. And uh, he was like, you want to sell it? And I said, well, everything's up for sale. You know, what do you what do you have right. in mind? Yeah. And he said, you know, if you want just to, you know, if you want to just sell the airframe, you know, I'd be interested in the airframe. So we struck up a deal and I stripped it all down right then and there and handed it to him. Oh, nice. wow. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I feel like... um you know, certain helicopters have a better fit with certain folks' flying style, you know, and yeah. it's, you know, it just like for me, there's certain helicopters I just don't like to fly just because they don't fit my flying style. So, and you know, you, once you find that stuff, it's cool. Like, it's, it's good to know what, what heli brands or, you know, type of helis that you can fly and don't fly. And, and I just don't think like if you can't do everything you want to do with it, then that's just not the right heli for you. That's all. No, no, you know, good or bad. It doesn't matter. It's not, not nothing about that. Just yeah, you know, it's just not a good fit. I'm pretty sure. You know, 
me not being like a really proficient pilot had you know a lot to do with it too because sure. sure Kyle you know Kyle Dalton can go out there and do whatever he wanted to do and yeah anything you know any maneuver you could think of you know you put it through its paces <laughs> and it'll be fine but see you know, I don't sure but I don't none like of that. us are Kyle Dahl yeah. Yeah, yeah and he's exactly. he's he's part of the one percentile of you know pro pilots that yeah. like if you got to be that high in skills to fly something then I don't know uh, no comment. I'm not going to go into that. Well, Steve, I don't really agree with what you said that if it doesn't do everything you want to do, because I mean, certain models, you, some models auto good, so you practice autos. Some models, you know, are better at the head speed, so you do crazier shit. You know, I don't know. Do you have a favorite blade brand? Um, I do. I, I like VTX blades. Yeah. Um, but lately I've been trying um some spin blades the new spin blades black yeah. yeah how are those i've been hearing some really good stuff about them they are pretty good they're very snappy so you know mm-hmm. vtx are, are very uh quick off center yeah mm-hmm. um i feel like the in my opinion the uh, spin blades are actually faster off center are you doing and... the 685s or the 720s yep. 685s um, that's basically what I was, uh, that was on the uh, logo at RCHO when I was flying it. And, um, for me, w- when I was flying the logo with the VTX, it felt slower. The rotation rate felt slower than the N7. I mean, they're both 700s. Um, they're both using 690, 697s. Um, you know, so I don't know where the rotation rate, um, difference came from because the fly bardises were you know set up the exact same um but changing it to the um spin blades actually made it pretty snappy and quick uh, right. uh, and it didn't bog down the uh, engine as a vtx blade would because they're okay. efficient they're efficient to a point and then you start really digging in it mm-hmm. bites really hard and it'll bog down Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty good, but the spin blades don't seem to bog it down as bad. Okay. Yeah, I've been hearing that. Now I haven't yeah. seen the profile of the spin blades. Are they? What kind of shape are they? Are they straight? They um, straight. I think they're pretty probably. traditional with like they, a little curve. They look. Yeah, they look really no different than like say um, edge or switch blades. Okay. It's just yeah. a flat. Just a flat um, profile with Throw. you know. They're a little bit more rounder on the, the leading edge of the Aren't tip. Aren't they a little right? wider cord? I think they might be a little wider yeah, cord. I think they have a wider cord and maybe I'm, I can't remember. I think they're a fatter blade, like a, a thicker blade. Yeah. Oh, you mean like the airfoil itself is yeah. thicker? Okay. I think. I don't know for sure, but I was thinking that's what Nick was saying. That's why they're good for 3D. Mm. They're not like super thin blades. But also here, like they don't put a lot of load on, you know, mm-hmm. on the heli and stuff. So, just yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I was noticing. So mm-hmm. Dan, you know, tried it first. Dan, the man, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of asked him about it, and he was like, "Yeah, man, you should try it. It feels a lot faster, you know, cyclic wise." And so we gave it a shot. Took, you know, picked one up, picked the setup, and uh, I was like, "You know what? The uh, Glogo feels a little sluggish." So let me put it on the Glogo, and it and it woke it up pretty good. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, sim. Do you like to sim? Do you sim? 
I do. I have um, Real Flight Seven, Real Flight Eight, and AccuRC. Nice. Uh, do you have a preference on Real Flight versus AccuRC, or kind of um, like a both? You know. So I like them both, but only because they have a different feel to them. Um, mm. Yep. Like when I first started flying AccuRC, it felt like. I had to work harder to keep the model in the air when I'm doing something like hurricanes or 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 um, or funnels. Okay. Um, whereas the real flight, you know, it, it felt more real. Where once I get it in track, I don't have to fight it to keep it in air. It it tracks well. Okay. Um, autos, I think um, AccuRC is a little harder to auto, but I think it mimics like real life auto more than um real flight does yeah um, i would agree with that yeah and um i mean they're both vr and i like to use you know VR oh okay it's just it just i mean that's the whole reason why i got real flight 8 from real flight 7.5 there really isn't a whole lot of difference between the two other than the fact that they added the vr capability of it nice um yeah and then you know i'm just like you know what you know accuracy is looking pretty cool too so let me try that. And, um, and it's really super like cheap. It. <laughs> yeah, it's super cheap. They add a lot of new models, you know, yeah. you know, like very often there's a lot yep. of updates that come through Yep. and, and I'm on the alpha build. So, you know, whenever something new pops up, it's always the first one they receive it. So, mm -hmm. um, but yes, I do send, um, do I like to send not as much as I like to fly, but since I don't mm -hmm. fly that often, <laughs> Okay. Sort to simming. Sure. Right. Just take time one way or another. Yeah, yeah. So, Tom, do you have uh, VR and AccuRC as well? Yes, sir. How did the uh, two compare? Graphics-wise, the AccuRC looks better. Okay. Um, when I started, when you fly it in just regular flat screen, the VR or, or AccuRC feels a lot more natural. But mm -hmm. once you put the goggles on it, it almost feels like everything is sped up. Okay. Huh. Um, it's strange. Yeah, it's strange. Like, I mean, like if I'm doing, you know, let's just say you're doing TikToks, right? I mean, yeah. it just feels like everything is moving a lot faster when you have the goggles on. And I don't know if that's just because I was used to, you know, the, the 2D screen. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. then, you know, going back to um, the goggles. So I kind of take it on and off just to compare, but you know, it, it's still I still feel like when I put the goggles on, it feels faster. Real flight feels the same. The speed of when you're flying it, you know, on screen or in the goggles, it feels the same. Um, they're both great sims. Uh, you can't go wrong with either. Um, but I mean, if you wanted to one up. The other, I'd say AccuRC probably has the uh, edge just because it gets updated more often and they're not going to charge it every time that, you know, they get an <laughs> yeah. update. Mm -hmm. um, like Real yeah. Flight 7, they gave you a free update to 7.5. And then yeah. once 8 came out, you know, you had to buy an entire new basically package of SIM, you know. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think they even have 9 out at, at this point, I think. I think they released 9, Real Flight 9. Yeah, you know, another hundred dollars for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, for half the price, you can get on Steam and download AccuRC, and it's updated, you know, constantly. Mm -hmm. You know, all the models are added free. Um, right. Real Flight, you, you kind of have to. Uh, 
I guess, depend on the community to put new models in. Yeah. They don't, they don't really have like a developer that's devoted to adding new models. It's basically they have a community and, you know, whoever feels like designing a model and putting it up there for download. Um, mm-hmm. That That's pretty much the only way you get new models or unless you know how to design models on your own and put it by yourself. But um, yeah, I mean, they both have their pluses and minuses, but I'd say AccuRC, um, you know, just in general is probably going to win out. Um, I mean, just it's cheaper. It's constantly upgraded and updated. Yeah. You can get it on Steam. You know, you don't have to have, wait for, you know, either uh, I think they still sell media for um, real flight. They put on DVDs and stuff and it's yeah. Who uses, who uses that these days? You know, I don't even like none of my computers have a drive anymore, optical drive. So I don't even know how I would install it. I know you, you if you buy a laptop nowadays, they don't even have DVD drives anymore. Yeah. You know I mean? nope. so, yeah, I'd say, I'd say AccuRC probably has the edge on my favorite. Yeah. All right. All right. So, Next couple of questions are kind of, I don't know, something I'm very interested in, and mm-hmm. it has to do with Nitro Motors and kind of the the brands, right? You get your YS, OS, and Nova Rossi, and those are the three main Nitro Motors you can get these days. Um, kind of just to, since you're, you know, want to kind of get into your experiences of it, right? And and have you share like what your thoughts are on on like the differences. So, sure, sure, yeah. Um, first off, I will say that a lot of people will say, well, you know, I don't like this engine because it's hard to tune. I don't like that engine because it's, it's a pain in the butt to tune or it's harder to do this. Mm-hmm. Or harder to I don't think that's really the case. I, I think that if you start off with one, you kind of learn that engine and sure. the nuances of that engine. So it's, it's, you build a, you know, the listening capability and just being able to tell. Um, how that engine tunes right uh, and then if you buy something else then yeah it's going to be harder because you're used to tuning you know one way more, right yeah yeah engine x versus engine y mm-hmm. so all the engines by brand tune differently so yes. when somebody says i think it's harder to tune i don't like it i think that's you know eh, i don't know i think if you spend enough time and you actually learn the nuances of that engine it's not hard to tune it's just different mm-hmm. um so you know the differences like a ys um the needles are very different from an os uh os you, you know your main needle is the high needle and everything mm-hmm. is kind of dependent on the high needle yeah. so you can crack your mid needle on an os pretty much all the way closed and you won't blow up the engine it won't lean out to the point where it's going to just die okay uh, on a ys like all the needles are pretty much independent. So you can literally close the needle of the mid and put it into a hover and you can burn up that YS. So I think that's why there might be like a, a misnomer with, hey, YS is harder to tune. They burn up easy, yada, yada, yada. Well, I mean, it's just they tune differently. They have mm-hmm. a different way of, you know, tuning. So for that, I would say, you know, it, you just basic. And the needles are also kind of different. Um, I think the high needle on the OS, I want to say, is what the uh, taller needle and the mid needle is the shorter needle. And on the YS is opposite. The shorter needle is the high needle and the longer needle is the mid needle. So uh, wait, the needles are different sizes? Well, you know, the length, you know how they protrude? 
one yeah. sticks out further. One sticks okay. out further than the other. So the wide I thought it was just. Oh. Yeah, no, I thought it was just that the needle sizes were different because like the 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 high needle has like the fuel inlet or the car um the uh, regulator I guess on a on a pump version compared to like the mid needle doesn't have any spacer so the, the needles are actually the same size but I thought the the depth was just a difference between one having um a regulator or the in, you know the fuel inlet um right. compared to the other one right it is um and you're right but the taller and the shorter are opposites. Uh-huh. That's what it's saying. Like, uh, you just okay. walk up and look mean. at it and grab the needle, you might grab the wrong one. If yeah, just... right. So the one sticking out the most on the OS is high, but on the YS, it's the mid. Correct. And that's why so, it's different. Okay, okay. I can see so what you're you have, yeah. if you have, you know, if you're tuning both of those, it's real easy to get confused. Mm, for sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's my thought. Even the Nova Rossi, I just kind of learned the Nova Rossi tuning. And it took me a little bit to figure it out, but um, once I figured it out, it wasn't any harder than tuning an OS or a YS once you figure it out. But, nice. Um, so the Nova Rossi, the 57 you have, is that a pump or is that like, um, what do you call it? Just uh, back pressure from the exhaust? I don't think Nova Rossi's ever released a um, regulated engine. Okay. All of, all of their engines, including the 91 and the 57, mm-hmm are standard muffler pressure engines wow okay yeah um so yeah even with just standard muffler pressure um it works well Mm -hmm. just kind of have to take into consideration that it leans out a little more um towards the end of the tank yep but other than that it's it's pretty um it's pretty robust i mean you don't have to worry about regulators going bad or what is it your um yeah, yeah, the regulated vent. Does it still use a check valve on that thing or no? No, uh, muffler pressure doesn't use any check valve. Right, there's no check valve. Yeah, yeah. okay, that's yeah. what I thought. Okay. Good old-fashioned muffler pressure. Nice. So, I mean, I guess it's hard to compare to Novaros because you don't have a 91, right? So you decided to compare like a 91 YS to a 105 OS to a 91 Novarossi. Um because I want to ask you, like, what's the differences in the power band? Because I know the YS and OS definitely have a different power band, and they sound different. Um, they have a different RPM, max RPM, I think. Yep, yep. Um, so YS, I feel like um, because it's a longer stroke, mm-hmm. um, it's probably going to put out um, a lot more torque in the mid range. Okay, and that's actually kind of prefer, you know, preferred. For helicopters, because you're doing a lot of snappy, just instant type of, you know, power on, power off, yeah, um, type movement. So I guess that was I would say, you know, YS is great for smack flying. I mean, I don't know, but you know, it's it's that's just my opinion. Um, sure, yeah, it's got a yeah, it's got a longer stroke, so it's probably going to put out more torque in the mid range. Okay. Um, unfortunately, nobody really has a dyno to like to check out the power and 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 torque curve of these engines. It'd be nice to compare it all. Yeah. Something which somebody needs to build. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I'm going to try and uh, convince some folks to keep, keep their, uh, keep moving on because, you know, I've talked yeah, about that. it with, with a couple of people and they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it, I don't think it'll be hard to do. You just, you got to do the fabrication. There's free dyno software out there to download. It's okay. just, you got to have the machine to, you know, and the means to build one. 
but it would be nice. Um, we need yeah. the just, what do you got to build exactly? I mean, you got to have some sort of load. I think that's the hard part. Right. Yeah, yes. So you can build it in a few ways. You can build um, with, you know, like a massive wheel for the mm-hmm. load. Um, I think there was dinos that have used like a, a hydro uh, for a load, water. Uh, okay. The flow of water. Um, you know, th- there's a few different ways. Um, I mean, I think people have done right. uh, used, uh, yeah, brakes. Um, people have used, I think, ducted fans for load and just, I don't know, it was a crude type of dyno, but it worked just to kind of show you, hey, it's making this much power at this RPM versus, you know, this mm-hmm. engine where it making. So there's different ways. It's just you're never going to get a true number because, you, you know, there's really no standard for that. But you yeah. can still see you can still see the change in you know, power and torque curve if you do any kind of modification modifications or use a yeah. different pipe. Right, you know, right. Or just different motors in general, right? To see yeah, the different yeah. curves and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's the reason why Kerry Shirley doesn't provide numbers with his dyno charts. If you look at his gas mm-hmm. engine dynos, he doesn't provide him numbers because they're meaningless. It doesn't really matter. But what right. matters is the changes in, in the curve and, and you know the power the, delivery. The yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um so that would be nice if, if we can do that. That'd be, you know, I would love to be, you know, I'm kind of like a data guy. So I'd, yeah. I'd love to see that. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. But yeah, getting back, I, I'd say the wires, you know, you're making more torque. You mm-hmm. don't have to spin it. You don't have to spin the head as fast. Okay. Um, the OS is actually a shorter uh, stroke, large bore. So you can actually spin it up. Like I think I was using the 105 in the um, Globo and I was, doing about 2,000, maybe a little bit over 2,000 RPMs on the head. And nice. the Novorossi likes to scream. It, it, it makes its power <laughs> with, yeah, I think I got it set at 19,000 RPM on the engine. So Okay, wow. <laughs> on, on the head, it's doing like 2,230. Um, mm. But that's where it makes its power. So people are like, man, that thing is screaming. It sounds like it's going to explode. I'm like, well... That's where the manufacturer says the power band is. You know, it's eighteen five, so you run it at nineteen and uh, see what happens. And it hasn't mm. blown up yet, so <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, and I think that also goes for the ninety one. You have to uh, really uh, run it out to you know make power out of the Rossi. Right. Um, everyone, everyone that I've met had issues with the ninety one over Rossi. They had issues with it. You know, just trying to get it to run right and not get too hot and lean out. Um, I think Dan, what he did was he machined, uh, the OS 105 card, um, to fit the throat of the Rossi. And I think he said he, he got, it, you know, I, I've seen some videos of it, but it sounds like he got it to run fairly decent. And I think Frank Chia, Chia mm-hmm. yep. also, also did the same. And he said, he's, you know, liking the power band of it, but they, both agreed that you really have to make the engine scream for power. Mm-hmm. I thought that was actually like a direct fitment. I didn't know that you actually had to machine it down to fit. Well, see, the thing is, the OS one hundred five has that uh, that plastic or pneumatic um, sleeve. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, insulator, they call it. Yeah, the insulator. Yeah, the insulator. So if you take the insulator out, then the throat is too large for the bare um, right carb to go in. If you use the insulator, it's too fat. And so uh, what they did is 
you can machine that insulator down. Yeah, just turn that down. So that, mm-hmm. Yeah, just turn it down and it slips right in. Um, nice. So, yeah. Uh, oh, so it's not that much work because you're you're talking about like a subtype of resin plastic insulator compared to um, yep. turning down the aluminum itself, like the actual carb, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Um, I, you just gotta if you have a lathe lathe mm-hmm. available to you, yeah, you can just chuck it on there and chuck it down. I think um, Dan probably has measurements of exactly what you wanted to turn it down to. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be easy enough uh, to with digital caliper just. See what the oh, yeah. opening is and what your outer diameter is, and just turn it down to match. Yep, yep. Nice. But um, from what I hear, they they run good as long as you RPMs high in the range. I know you mentioned the tuning of the YS versus OS a little bit, and it seemed like the general consensus is that yes, they tune differently, but like the OS is like you set it and forget it for the most part, but the YS is like you can tune it. And it'd be making great power, refuel it, start it back up, and it's now out of tune. Is that true, or is that just a, you know, miss, like I don't know, just a it's misinformation home. or yeah? Honestly, from my experience, I haven't ever had that issue. So okay. um, I'll take RCHO for example. It was mm-hmm. um, high forties, maybe low fifties during the day. Yeah, it was like fifty, fifty-two. Mm-hmm. And during the day was, and like 30 and like 20s yeah, yeah like 32 33 at night at night and i did not touch my needles i just fill and fly fill and fly okay and it didn't like run a little lean when it got cold with that air density just getting you know higher and stuff no okay. i mean i had the y i had the ys running a little rich on the richer side um to begin with mm-hmm. but that's pretty much how i run all my engines just sure. on the richer side yeah. Um, so it wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't leaning out throughout the entire flight. You know, I could have sat there and TikTok the entire tank and it wouldn't have leaned out. Yeah. Um, so. One thing that uh, Dan has told me about that as well is he tunes for nighttime when it's colder. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you just deal with it being a tad rich during the day. Because if you tune exactly. for daytime and then you're going to yep. run lean. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So like if you tune to that, like something to think about, you know, yes. if somebody's doing it. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. Well, but I don't think you want to, like, I don't know. If you do fly day and night with the, the air temperature just, you know, fluctuating that different during the wintertime, especially or like fall time, that, um, yeah, I just think like it would be a pain in the butt to keep having to tune it. So why not just tune it for worst case, which not worst case, but the best case, I guess. Best case. Yeah. Best case for like the, nice you know cold air um cold dense air and then like yeah if it's a little rich in the daytime so be it you know it still flies really good it still produces good power right so you know we're talking about a couple of clicks really right so yeah i mean uh, it's just like you you don't have to have every little you know yeah. power running out of that engine um mm-hmm. i've learned that when you try and tune for power that's when things go wrong <laughs> yeah so so I leave it rich, um, mm-hmm. and basically how I tune it is, I mean, I just fly it and fly the crap out of it, and if it starts leading out towards the end of the tank, I richen it up, and usually my tuning is towards like the, the last, you know, three-quarter, or I want to say three, third or a quarter of the tank. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- that's kind of the area where I'll start touching the needles. I, I usually don't touch the needles before half a tank of fuel. 
gets burnt. Um, just because number one, you want the engine warm anyways mm-hmm. before you do any kind of tuning. And you kind of want to tune for the end of the tank where you're not running lean towards the end of the tank. So um, if you see my flights, usually it'll look like it's running really rich when I first start out and it kind of looks sluggish. Um, but it starts to clear up towards the mid and end of the flight. Hmm. I'm curious. Why is that? Like what, what the tank level, I guess, I mean, there's more room for pressure. I don't know. So I'm just curious, why would it be so drastic at like the, you know, beginning to the end of the tank? First thing, the engine temperature is going to be, you're not going to be at operating temperature when you first start off at full tank. Um, okay. That's the first thing. Second thing, um, there is going to be a pressure difference in the tank. Um, you're going to, you know, if you have a full tank, you know, the pressure in the tank between the full tank and you know, half a tank and, and a third of a tank, mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's more volume to fill with pressure. Um, and that's the only thing that I can really think about that. And that's the reason why people like to use those header tanks for more, um, uh, consistency because the tank level never changes. In the header tank, right? It's, it's always filled. Mm-hmm. Um, so people who want to run consistent the entire time will either use a header tank or a, a balloon, bladder. a bladder. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Now, do do you use bladders or are you just straight? Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, bladders are great, but mm-hmm. it's just pain in the butt. Yeah, it seems like a lot of work to me. <laughs> you you just have no idea when it's gonna pop. Okay. Um, and when it does, then you got to have a syringe to make sure that all the air is sucked out of it before you actually fill up. Um, yeah. I mean, it's great for performance if that's what you're after. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm more of the, hey, fill it and fly it. Yeah. That's the reason, and that's the reason why I tune for the end of the tank because I don't want to touch the needles. Mm-hmm. I don't want to constantly like sit there and try and chase the tune. So I'll fly yeah. it for the worst case scenario and then, you know, and, and tune it for that case and then, everything else you know it's not like i can't fly the helicopter when it's rich right right might just take a little easier and work up to it makes sense yeah exactly yep let's talk about glow plugs are there any differences between the three different brands as far as glow plugs now i know os has their own line of glow plugs i'm not sure with ys do they have their own line or do you just use uh enya or an os plug actually ys does have their own line of plugs okay yeah they do Okay. Um, but it seems like the um, Enya plugs last a little longer. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't burn out as quick, and I don't know for you know I don't know the exact reason, but they just seem like the engines run a little differently with the Enya plugs. I don't know if it's because uh, technically I think the OS eight and the Enya three are supposed to be the exact same. Uh, not maybe not the exact same, but they're supposed to be close enough to the point where you really shouldn't be able to tell the difference. Okay. As far as heat range, but you know, using an OS8 on the same engine as you know, and then you switch it to an three, there, I notice a difference. Mm. Um, the idles are a little different. Um, the way the engine comes up, you know, transitions from like low to mid, um, and just the fact that the engine lasts longer. But you do pay more for the Enya, so. Sure, just a trade-off one way or another, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a trade-off. Oh, I wonder I, if the... Sorry, go. Mm-hmm. No, 
I, I just I prefer the Enyas. Yeah, I wonder if the Enya plugs are like, you know, they're engineered to be similar to the OS, or just not maybe not engineered to be similar, but they were engineered and it happens to become be similar to the the Enya three to the OSA. But like the Enyas are like maybe the pigtails a little bit shorter, but they use a thicker wire, or you know what I mean, like that the like the actual wire is is different characteristics, like as far as. Oh. Maybe they're thinner and longer, you know, just whatever the, the differences are that will make it either last longer or glow better, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, so it's probably going to come down to quality of construction okay. and, the materi- and the materials used. Um, they're all going to differ on the wire because of the different heat ranges. So I have, like in my box, I have Enya 3, Enya 4, mm-hmm. and Enya, Enya 5. Yeah. Um, and between those three, you're definitely going to notice a difference in the wire just because yeah. of the different heat ranges. Um, but I would say it's mostly in the, you know, what with one lasting longer than the other is just going to be um, quality, the quality okay. of material and the quality of construction. Uh, I don't think, you know, I don't think the different um, brands, you know, the way it lasts longer or shorter, you know, it has anything to do with the brand itself, but more just probably the way it was constructed. Okay. What do you normally run? Um, so for the YSs, they seem to like the hotter plug, so Enya 3. Mm-hmm. OS, because I'm running 30%, it's shimmed for 30%, and it likes mm-hmm. a colder plug. So mm-hmm. it's, it's depending on where I'm flying, it might be an Enya 5 or it might be an Enya 4. Okay. Um, and the Nova Rossi also prefers a colder plug, so NA5 on the Rossi. Okay. Yeah, we didn't really get a chance to talk about this, and I would consider this part of your supporting equipment. Is that, yeah, what's your uh, nitro fuel of choice? Um, now I'm using VP uh, 30%, or what is it called? Powermaster, I think. VP yeah, Powermaster. Mm-hmm. VP Powermaster, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we call it Smurf Juice. <laughs> this is blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, and I've tried. Um, I mean, cool power was probably my go-to fuel because I've used cool power since I, I was flying planes, you know, in right. the late late '80s, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've tried some um, Byron's. I tried some Byron's Rotor Rage. I've also mm-hmm. tried some Torco. Okay. So they're they're probably not well known as nitro fuel for RC cars, but they are. Um, in the full-size racing industry, just like VP. Mm-hmm. And, and they actually have a small line of um, nitro fuel. So I just, really? yeah, I just tried it just to try it, just to see if, yeah. it, you know. Um, and it, I think they all flew fairly decent. There, There's probably a little bit of tune changes, but, you know, other than mm-hmm. that, um, I will say that Byron's smells the best when it burns. Yes. And it's <laughs> got like a sweet scent to it. Yes. Um, cool power and Torco has like a very sharp kind of stingy scent to it. If that's you know, if that's a way I can describe it, sure. it kind of stings. Mm-hmm. Um, VP kind of has more of like a mechanical oil smell to it. So there you go. All this, all the sense of uh, <laughs> <from> nitros. Nice. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and then so like. You hear different stories about like the nitro fuel and like cool power, like will produce. I think 
it's a cool part that has like the most smoke and like VP is a little bit less smoke because of the different type of oil they use and the smell and stuff. Um, I don't know. I think my engines smoke fairly similar. Yeah. Um, VP, VP seems to smoke a lot too. Um, I know, I mean, Torco was probably the only one that I noticed that had a, a lighter uh, smoke to it. Okay. But between Byron's cool power and, and the VP, they, they all seem to smoke uh, fairly similar. They, they smoke a lot, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, going to say more smokes, more better. Oh, yeah. I love smoke, especially when it's uh, night whole, flying and you smoke out the whole place. That's, <laughs> that's half the whole fun of flying natural oh, yeah. smoke. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you'd say you use 30%. Is there any reason why you use 30%? Is it just for compatibility with your 57 or uh, do you prefer the 30% like over a 22 and a half or 22? I guess if I strictly flew OS 105s, I would use the 22%. Okay. But because I'm a, a geek and I like to try different things, I fly the YS, I fly the OS, I fly the Rossi, and they mm -hmm. all can fly on 30%. As long as you shim like the the YS comes stock thirty percent ready, okay. Um, the OS you need to shim it. You yeah, know, you need to add another shim. Yeah, and, and run a little quarter plug. The the Rossi I think you also have to shim it. You know to like 0.5 or something like that. Um, basically all the shims. So mm -hmm. that way I don't have to keep track of different percent fuels. I don't have to carry sure. multiple bottles. Um, yeah, plus I, it's I, expensive. Well, yeah, I mean, well, 30 is more is, is going to be the most cost costly, yeah. you know, so if I really wanted to, I guess I could have, you know, if I wanted, if I was trying to save money, I can just convert all of my engines to OS 105 and just use 15% because I hear 15% runs just as well, too. Really? Uh, I didn't know yeah, that. Hmm. I thought 22 is the lowest you can go. On no, these that, okay. no it's, it's actually factory. Uh, tuned and ready for 15 percent i did not know that wow i've heard that too oh. so so you know how nitro engines are they don't there's no set way to tune these right so when a manufacturer says hey you know from 15 zero to 15 percent you know you're using stock 0.2 shim mm -hmm. if you go up to like 20 to 25 percent then you should probably add another 0.1 shim Mm -hmm. And then if you go to 30%, you probably should add, you know, all of the shims and make it a total of 0.5 or 0.4. Yeah. Um, those are those are just recommended. A lot of people actually only run the stock shim and run still run 22.5% because they can still get away with it. Um, and technically, you're not going by the guide of the manufacturer. Like OS, you know, kind of states, you know, from this range to this range, you might want to add 0.1. If you're mm -hmm. running 30% or higher, you want to use, you know, 0.4. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people that use uh, 30% on OS 105 don't use 0.4. They use 0.3. Mm -hmm. So it, it's just a matter of, you know, you got to try it. You got to try kinda, to see what works. Kind of depends on your location and right. the altitude and stuff, too, I would think. Would it not? Yeah. Yeah. Altitude. Yeah. Like if you're community. flying at sea level in the cold weather, it's going to be different than like where I am in the summer where it's a Three thousand feet density altitude. Yep. Yeah, yep, Denver, Colorado. Yep. Yeah. Eek. If you're flying yeah, nitro in Denver, I feel bad for you. 
Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that would really suck. So, so if you fly in Denver, you probably would get away with using a stock shim and running thirty percent nitro. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, I, it, it's just all a matter of you got to understand your environment to, you know, how your engine runs. Sure. Um, so there's a little bit of tinkering. You know, you got to figure out your shimming. Then, mm-hmm. and then once you get that figured out, you can start playing with timing by adjusting, you know, the heat of your uh, low plug. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so when somebody you... asks, yeah, go ahead. No, so how do you know the heat of your glow plug? Like, how do you know if the glow plug, you should be running a colder plug or a warmer plug? Like, you know, so, like it's, what indications are there or indicators? So if, yeah, so if you run a hot plug and you start pinging, okay. um, that, that's a sign of detonation. Or, you know, if you do maintenance and you pull your head off when you're doing your bearing change and you start to see little pits, like tiny little uh, pin pits on your piston and, and mm-hmm. your head. Um, that means you're running a little too advanced uh, timing, which means you're running too hot of a plug. When you're flying, Steve, and you hear it go, pow. Nice. I thought that meant so, your muffler wasn't attached correctly. <laughs> yeah, or your, or your it backpack can, it can fuel line came things. off. You know? yeah. Go lean. Yeah, basically uh, go lean. Yeah. And then if it's too cold, um, you start to kind of hear stutter when you're doing punch outs. It'll just like, nah, 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 nah. like it doesn't sound clean mm. because it, it doesn't sound consistent, right? Yeah. The timing's too retarded and, and it's not burning cleanly because the plug's too cold. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing full punch outs and it just, nah, 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 and then, you know, it just stutters. So you can kind of tell, um, it's, so... it, it, it takes, it takes some time to just figure out and listen yeah, to your engine, talk to you and say that it, you know, hey, I'm lean, hey, you know, I'm rich, or hey, you know, I'm, I'm pinging here, um, or, you know, so you just kind of have to have have oh. an ear for it. Okay. So this may be a dumb question, but talking about that hesitation, like on a punch out, if your plug's too cold, how would you tell that it's too cold, or how would you tell the difference between that and just being too rich? Yeah. So the sound of a too rich engine that punches out, it just kind of bogs and, and it just tons okay. of smoke pouring out and you got fuel dripping out of your exhaust. Yeah. Um, it just sounds so it's different. It's a different so, tone, different sound. Yeah, so, but. so you you won't necessarily hear a stutter when it's rich. It just and it yeah, just right. has a hard time. Whereas um, if your plug's too cold, it'll sound normal in certain conditions and like when you're under heavy load, Okay. You hear it kind of struggle a little bit and kind of like stutter. Uh, I mean, and that's from my experience. Uh, I've noticed if I used too cold of a plug, it just it has a hard time um, gaining RPM and maintaining the load, and you know, and it kind of stutters. And it's tricky because too much shims could also kind of cause that too. So if you're running too many shims for a lower content of nitro, you can also you know it kind of runs like crap. Uh, so, it, I mean, nitro is definitely a, a, a tinkerer's type um, hobby. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you ask any old person, hey, you know, how do you learn how to tune so well? His answer is probably going to be the secret to tuning nitro engines at the bottom of a 55-gallon of a drum. 
Yeah. Um, and there's a truth to that. You know, there's, there's, it's very true. There's really no replacement for just um, experiencing, hey, this sound sounds like this and it does this. This sound you know, sounds like this and it means it's lean. And you just, you know, after blowing enough motors, you kind of <laughs> learn. <laughs> right. You, you kind of learn, okay, I should not do that anymore. Yeah, trial by fire. Awesome. That, that means it's lean. Yeah, I can send you guys a picture, a pile of burnt up motor parts that I have. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so before we talk about the plugs and the temperature of the plugs, so you're, you're talking about the, the temperature of the plug directly correlates with the timing of the motor. Yes. So a hotter plug usually um, advances timing mm -hmm. and a colder plug usually re uh, retards timing. Okay. So is there any, any, is there any time where you would like tune a motor and be like, okay, this is good, but I want to advance the timing just a little bit more to get a little more power out of it that you would switch your plugs, even though the temperature is not like, or ambient temperature or anything like that, that affects you of what plug to use. Um, just the sake of like the timing aspect for me, I would not because I try and not to tune my engine to the very edge of power because sure. that's when you start running into trouble. Mm -hmm. So I find the happy medium of uh, a set it and forget it tune. It can be cold. It'll be fine. It'll be hot. You know, it'll be a little on the witch side, but it doesn't bother me. That's yeah. That's kind of my motto. Just I want to set it and forget it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, that's kind of how I like to do it too. But I do notice, like, so I mean, let me ask you this: winter time. Oh, well, I mean, you're in Atlanta, but I mean, I guess it still gets cold out there, right? Like, dead yeah, of winter, yeah. February, January. You know, it's it's the coldest it's gonna be. Do you tune, retune compared to August? You know, July, August when it's the hottest time of the year. Like they're both end of the spectrums, I would say, you know. I would say by that time, my engine's probably been tuned um, to a cold temperature anyways. So, I mean, I try and avoid as much as I can to touch the needles. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's I tune it and I'll fly it. And if it's flying rich to the point where it's, you know, uh, it's getting hard to fly the model because mm -hmm. it's bogging so badly, yeah. then I might I might bring it down and, you know, turn it in a couple of clicks. Yeah. But I, I really don't like chasing the needles. Um, okay. I, I just, the, the, the times that I've chased needles is when I always got myself into trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure how, I mean, I guess the time, temperature probably varies a lot down in, Atlanta area or Georgia because like for us up here in the Northeast it gets from like winter time is you know 20s 30s and we're flying and then the summertime it gets 105 degrees and like with that much difference you can there's no way you can tune it and forget it you kind of do have to tune it for the oh, summertime yeah. and tune it for the winter time yeah um so that's why that's the reason why I asked to see like you know do you actually tune for seasons or you just kind of tune it for the cold and like you know, if it's really bad, then you obviously retune. Yeah, um, so that'll that'll fall into the, um, you know, hey, you know, the last time I flew it was in August. Mm -hmm. you know, let's say it's February and I haven't flown in like months, and I, yeah. you know, I, I take off. I'm immediately gonna know. Oh, okay, that sounds really lean. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, so then I'll bring it in. I'll tune it. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely tune it. Um, but I don't. 
go from like, you know, like RCHO, you know, how we talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't go in tune for power at, you know. Right. 30 degree differences or something. Right. right 50 to right, 30, 20. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll just leave it, in, you know, set it and forget it for nice. 30 okay. degrees and then just fly it out. Yeah. It's probably like anything else. If you notice a difference and it's really extreme, probably going to make a change. Yeah, yeah. So, how about in this aspect? And this, this, you know, if you don't experience this, and sure, you know, you don't experience this, so you won't really have an idea. But like, you know, when you tune it for the summer, you kind of lean it out more because um, the air isn't isn't as dense, so you don't need to provide it with that much more fuel because of the density. Correct. But you know, you say that well, you know, like you come fly in February, and you're like, oh, this is lean. Like, how much time do you actually have before you blow the motor if you take off and it's lean? Like, is it is it something like a couple seconds you're like, oh, no, no, the sun's drawing, land right away and shut it off? Or is it like, you know, you hover for like five seconds and you're like, no, that doesn't sound right, and then land and it's okay. Like, do you actually do damage to your motor? Um, you know, like when you're kind of like seasonal change and stuff? Well, the first... You know, let's say the first minute or so that, you know, you pick it up into hover and you start flying around, mm-hmm. you probably won't notice it because it's going to start off rich anyways and the engine's cold. Oh, true, and true, once, okay. Once things start warming up and the more you start pounding on it, you're like, okay, the smoke's getting thinner, um, you know, and the engine's starting to sound like it's unhappy. Let me just go ahead and bring it in and richen it up a bit. Um, I would say if you were off tune to the point where your engine's going to just blow, then... <laughs> There's, there's probably something wrong, you know, like you, you didn't tune it right in the big to, you know, in the first place, or there's something wrong with the engine, like you mm. got, you know, issues with the regulator. Yeah, because, right. Because I mean, issues. Mm-hmm. yeah, even with the extreme temperature changes, you really don't touch the needles all that much. It's usually just two clicks or three yeah. clicks. There's okay. not a whole lot of change. But if you're to the, I mean, you're you're the the the, um, the drastic change. To the point where your engine's going to blow from one end to the other, that's mm-hmm. that usually is a sign that there's something wrong with your engine or something wrong with your fuel system or yeah or, or something. Because I don't think I've ever experienced where my engine blew just because one time I flew it at you know ninety degrees and then the next time I flew it at you know thirty degrees. Right. Um, usually, just it'll say, "Hey, you know, the engine will kind of say, I'm kind of lean, I'm not happy,' and you go on and you know two three clicks open and it's usually all right. It's happy now, and you're good to go. Okay, nice. Uh, let's see. I think that's all the questions I have listed for here. I got a, a question for Tom. Yeah, awesome. Shoot. Um, say someone's flying like uh, a 105, and it's pretty hot, and they're doing something, uh, loading the engine up really heavy, like in some TikToks or something. And then it just keep going, and the engine starts to really bog down, and it just keep going, and never let up for like ninety seconds, two minutes. What what kind of damage would that cause? So at that point, you're hypothetically the speaking. Yeah, so you're hypothetically that means you're lean. Um, you weren't tuned for the type of flying that you do. And once you do that, what happens is, um, like your piston, it's aluminum, so it's going to contract and expand quicker than your sleeve. Um, so 
your piston is going to expand to the point where it's going to seize. Um, it's yeah. going to rub up on the sleeve and, and cause enough friction to the point where it's going to tear everything up. And then it's going to come to a point where it just gets stuck. And that's when you hear that nasty snap. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The sound, the sound of an engine just abruptly going. Bah! <laughs> I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah, so that's that, <laughs> that's when you hear that. Um, or if you over rev an engine hard enough, then you'll snap a con rod, um, and you'll hear that hear that sound, same sound. Mm-hmm. I think um, Aaron, Aaron, uh, Terwiger, tell, tell, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Terwiger, he just posted a picture not long ago of uh, a connecting rod poking a hole out of his crankcase. So, that's gotta that's, hurt. Yeah, that's an that's an overrev situation. Um, mm. But yeah, well, if so the engine over- doesn't blow, but it just sounds tired after that, like I don't then know. You, then you probably burnt up the ring. Um, and, and when that happens, you want to make sure you, you know you don't have any scoring on your um, sleeve and your piston. Mm-hmm. Um, usually. When you overheat an engine to a point where it's just sounds tired and it just you know just bogging and it's just it, like heat no soak, smoke. everything just gets so hot. Yeah, well, usually if you get it to that point, you've probably done enough damage for piston rings and the sleeve at least at a minimum. Okay. Hey Andy. Yes. This this hypothetical isn't me two years at Ur- two years ago at Urcha, is it? <laughs> No, okay. not two years ago. Wasn't it two years ago? Eight months ago. <laughs> no, was, was my nitro that tired this year? I thought it was last year, but it could be this year. No, it was this year. No, no it was this year because last year, um, yeah, yeah, because last year was the, the two years ago. I was mean, a, you, yeah, okay, it, I, yeah, it was this year. It sounded <laughs> fine, but it just digging in and then digging in and then digging in. And it was like, and then digging in some more. <laughs> it's like whatever the OS runs, seventeen, eighteen thousand. It's like when it's like fourteen. Uh, well, I was like, okay, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be digging that deep, huh? <laughs> but it didn't really damage it. That no, it didn't. That it was fine. But I, it just sounded like it had no power after that. Yeah, like for the rest of that flight. Yeah, that probably means your ring's just probably done. Um, I mean, the ring was fine. Like, I mean, at least as far as I can tell, looking at the ring, it was black. But mm-hmm. I, I could have been. I think I was. I wasn't tuned right. I know definitely because I don't know how to tune for shit. And you know, I was just kind of. I was at Urcha. I just kind of started. Started digging deep into it. You know, so it was what it was. It was fun. I just wanted Tom's yeah. opinion on like what could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happen. Oh, I mean, yeah. the following week, I yeah, I did blow that motor. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna ask. <laughs> If you had any problems with that after that, um, I don't remember. Yeah, that. when if you overheat yeah. an engine, you know you, you have to look it over. Um, rear bearings will probably be one of the first things that you should change before it actually lets go. Because mm-hmm. if that happens, then it'll take everything out your head, oh, yeah. piston, everything. sleeve, everything will get damaged from yeah. rear bearings. Yep. Um, so overheat conditions, you probably want to change the rear bearings and see if there's any damage in the sleeve and piston. If it's not, then you know you might be lucky. You can just hone out the uh, cylinder and put a new ring on it and, and go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there and there's also a distinct difference between a lean bog and a rich bog. A rich bog, you know, number one, the first sign will be lots of smoke. Um, the second thing is that when you let off because it's bogging so much, it'll recover quick. 
whereas a lean bog, there'll be like hardly any smoke. And even when you let off, the engine still sounds like it's like straining. Yeah, yeah, it's struggling. And it's it is struggling to, to get come back to where it was. That's that's the way yours sounded, Steve, but mm-hmm. I don't remember it. The smoke. It still had lots of smoke. Yeah. It seemed but like, like a lot even of smoke, when you yeah. let off, it never really it took a second. all the way back up. Yeah. I mean, it did. I, I felt it did come back, but it was like, yeah, but it burr, was burr, and it was like, I'm hovering. It's like, okay, that was back. It's like, yeah, that <laughs> doesn't sound too good. <laughs> so that was a lean bog, I'm guessing. And like I said, I didn't really tune in. I, you know, I'm under, I could have been lean for the, the weather or just the heat itself, right? Because Urchin is pretty hot. So. Yeah, most of the time, you know, it's a lot of people, for whatever reason, when that happens, they don't like to stop. They just say, oh, I'll just fly it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they, they regret it towards the end of the flight because, sure. I mean, just simple, bring it in a couple of clicks out and you go back up again and, you know, and, and fly. Um, and a lot of times, I don't know, some people just don't have a year yet. Um, mm-hmm. Just And that's just the way the engines kind of tell you, hey, you know, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Um, but it does take time. I mean, you just got to keep playing and you, you're definitely going to destroy some engines. You know, it's, it's kind of like learning helicopters. It's not a matter of if you're going to crash, it's sure. you're going to crash. You're going to crash. So yeah, yes, you're going to blow up some motors and uh, you know, you'll figure it out. It's just more of an experience thing. And the only reason why I, I have enough experience with nitro engines, is just because, you know, my past experience with cars and boats, um, and airplanes, you know, everything back then was all nitro because mm-hmm. electric just, you know, wasn't up to the, you know, the technology wasn't like anything like today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I've blown up a lot of engines back then. I've blown up a lot of engines currently and uh, <laughs> still learn, still learning. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I have fun with it. I yeah. don't, I don't think I pulled out my electric helicopter at RCHO. I, I, it was all nitro mm-hmm. the whole weekend. So I got to get nice. my N556 back together and get you to help me tune in a little bit. Sure. Because I always just kind of ran a little bit rich and never really tried to, never really got it tuned all that well. So. Yeah. Yeah. So tuning is also very personal. Um, like the way I fly and tune my engines and then i mm-hmm. hand the helicopter to you you might not like it and it might not sound right because we fly differently mm-hmm. um, yes yes i was um, gonna say that you know it if dan tunes his engine and hands the controls to you it's probably going to feel rich because he's loading the engine con- mm-hmm. you know, consistently throughout his entire flight yep. yes um and whereas somebody that just you know flies around the circuits and you know and does big loops and you know just does kind of some stuff here and there you know the engine's breathing a lot so it doesn't require that amount of fuel to cool it down so Mm -hmm. tuning is very personal um to the to the person and the way they fly flight style Um, Mm -hmm. so there's really no magic number how many turns out when people ask hey what's what's your needle settings i'm just kind of like no you i don't want to tell you my needle settings because if you go off my needle settings it might not be right for you yeah um like for example, the uh, Novorossi, um, I, I think I'm actually running richer than factory recommended settings. Than break-in factory settings? Yeah, correct. Wow. Okay. Um, well, you know what? I think um, I might. 
I think the factory setting is two and a half out on high and one out on mid. I might be at like two and a quarter on the high and one and a quarter on the mid. Okay. So, I mean, you can't yeah, really That's always, where it runs. That's where it goes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You know, that it's just, I mean, I know YS is pretty horrible about their uh, factory settings. I think okay. their their settings were like the manual was written out for like the first ninety ones that they've put out, and then the the uh, ninety one and ninety six XR you know SRX mm-hmm. if you set it to their factory settings it's actually kind of like performance settings. Oh wow! Okay, so not even uh, braking settings, right? No, no, no. So a lot of people have actually complained about that. Um, so I usually open it up my first time, you know. I usually open it up quite a bit, even past factory settings. Mm. And then I'll put it up into a hover just to make sure that I know it's completely rich. Yeah. And then, you know, I'll, I'll vary the load a little bit here and there for half a tank. And I just start my tuning right there and then half a tank in. Wow. Okay. That's my, that's my break-in procedure, if you guys want to know. Yeah. Um, so, and one thing I noticed about like not even just different engine manufacturers or different models of engines, so like you know ninety one versus ninety six YS, I know it's just like from one of my OS one hundred five to another one of my OS fives, they tune differently. Their needles are completely set different. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. So like yeah. it doesn't even matter if it's like OS or whatever. Each motor, I would say, you have to tune for that specific motor, and not just like a general number of like okay, yeah, run two in the high and one, you know, three quarters on the mid, you know, like that kind of just generic like statement, you know? Absolutely. So, and yeah. then, I mean, you know, your, your location plays a big difference too. Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody sure. that lives, you know, down in Florida definitely can't give advice on tuning on, you know, or the needle setting to somebody that lives in Colorado. Right. Right. right for sure. Yeah. It's going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when somebody asks for assistance to tune and they have me the transmitter, I usually hand it back to them. I say, look, you fly and yeah. we'll to the, tune the engine to the way you fly it. Because if I've tuned it to the way I fly, you might not like it when I hand it back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I usually just tell them, fly half a tank. Like, do whatever it is that you do. Don't do anything different. And then we'll see how it sounds. And okay. um, go from there. So you were talking about before, like, um, you know, when you're, you're rich and you're bogging, like – what how can you tell if it's like your motor's bogging because you're running too rich or your motor's bogging because you lack the collective management well i would hope that you tune the engine for the way you fly and you kind of have an idea of um because i can i mean i can tune my engine for the way i fly and make it sound perfect and then still be able to just dig my sticks in and then bog it down like I'm a, I'm a noob. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to have so, to have a certain level of common sense, I imagine. Yeah, so. yeah you're going to have to have a certain amount of just understanding and knowing that, okay, this is me just burying the sticks too much. Yeah. Um, and it's the same. I mean, the answer is kind of the same. The rich bog is definitely going to sound different than, you know, I put way too much load bog. Or it's yeah. too lean of a bog. Um, I mean, that head speed's gonna drop fast when you when you put too much collective and cyclic into it, mm-hmm. and you're gonna hear you're gonna hear it like bog down a lot quicker than a ridge bog where it's 
more of a gradual, slower, you know, like, hey, I'm kind of dying here. Help me out. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Slow death or fast death? No, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, the lean the lean box is gonna be the fast death. Yeah, <laughs> but usually you hear like the revs go up, right? Like I've had a motor lean out of me and it's like, it pops. That's it. Like I heard the 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 revs just kind of ramp up quick and die yeah. because you know, like you say, yeah. when you're running lean, it's like you're running more less fuel, more air, and you know, and, and then really the pop is really like you're you're generating too much heat for for the lubrication to do anything and it just seizes and you're done. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And you're also starving it for lubrication too. It's not getting the lube. Right. The, lubrication need, the oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's uh they're, they're simple, but complex. <laughs> mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Um, sure. Oh, and another thing on, on the OS and a YS difference is um, the regulators are different. Um, yeah, why YS's don't really like to be run out of fuel. Like you can get away oh. with running it out of fuel a few times here and there, but if you get unlucky, you can actually get it lean enough to the point where you know it does damage to the engine. Whereas the OS 105, I don't think I've ever damaged the engine running it out of fuel. I used to just fly it high all yeah. the time and, and just let it die. Um, not an issue. But I think that's just the difference in the regulator, the way the regulators work. Um, so, okay. yeah, I guess I guess if you wanted to say, hey, why this is a little bit more uh, intricate, it's, yeah, you just have to learn the nuances. Like, yeah. the YS likes a richer mid-range, the way you tune mm-hmm. it, at least the way I see it, it. It definitely likes a richer mid-range than a, like an OS does. So if you ever hear helicopters flying with the YS and you, and they're kind of in a hover, and you hear the engine kind of hunting up and down. Um, that's because it's really rich in the mid-range, and the governor's trying to having a harder time trying to regulate that. But once they start flying it really hard, it doesn't care. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. there's just little little things here and there that different manufacturers' engines prefers over the other. Nice. It's just learning that. Yeah. One more um, hypothetical, mm-hmm. Tom. If someone say they had an N7 hanging on their wall that they never converted to a gasser <laughs> and wanted to put a YS engine in it, what YS engine would you recommend? Um, 91, 96, like what what would you get? I would like the nine I like the ninety one uh, SRX. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um if you can still get your hands on like the uh, 91 3ds or the srs um even better but those have been dis- discontinued yeah um they because they're not they weren't like um designed for like pretty much all out power like the the 91 srx is it's really good on fuel um and it makes pretty much all the power you need to fly nitro mm-hmm. um so on that same N7, you might be able to get seven, eight minutes of flight time if you were using like a 91SR versus five minutes to a, you know, a 91SRX. But Wow, that's for, a big difference. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, you, you just kind of have to fly it to, uh, I, I, I would never have thought that, you know, a 91SR would have that much more of a fuel efficiency. 
Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you don't have the same smack power as as a 91 SRX. Because, I mean, that's the reason right. why Tarek put his stamp on it, you know, because it, it makes a lot of power and, you know, he likes power. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, oh, yeah, I would, put, I would put a 91 SRX in it to answer your question. Might cool. have to do that. There you go. Yeah, are, are you going to do it, man? I might. Got me all fired up on Nitro now, talking to mm-hmm. Tom. Yes, nitro good. Since I'm da- I only have one gas engine anyway, so yeah, stupid oh. thing's been hanging here for two years. <laughs> yeah, what happened? What happened to the engine on the N7? I sold it to him without the engine. <laughs> it's, it's in Steve's whatever. Yeah, in my black nitro. Yeah, black nitro. Yeah. Oh, oh. see, I I was, I've got a bl- I've N7. got a, a gasser conversion kit for it, mm-hmm. but then I never uh, actually did it. And then when I damaged the engine and the whiplash, I used that 310, put it in the whiplash, and I'm waiting on uh, TRM to kind of get back up and go under repair of this other one. Ah, oh, gotcha. And i just kind of been dragging my feet. I don't know if I sh- just kind of got to thinking, hmm, maybe I need a 700 Nitro instead of two gassers. Mm. You know what? I think I think you would have a lot of fun with it. It's yeah. Um, I, the the only reservation I have is I'm kind of cheap and hate to buy fuel. Yeah, kind of like to suck the fuel. So then get the 105 and run 15. percent Yeah, I've already got 30 percent for this 55. So yeah. I'd rather just run the same somehow. Yeah. Well, Steve, yeah. if you if you want to see what the 105 runs on 15 percent i think mm-hmm. there's a U- youtube video of um nick maxwell flying his 700 uh and uh, align 700 nitro mm-hmm. with the os 105 on on 15 percent oh okay cool yeah that doesn't count yeah you make, <laughs> yeah. You make anything fly great yeah yeah swamp yeah, water maxwell. in it it'd look good yeah I was going to suggest, why don't you just get a couple of cases of swamp water? <laughs> <laughs> I actually heard that the, the swamp water's uh, YS blend is actually really, it's, like, it's decent. I'm not going to say it's great, but it's decent. Yeah. From what I hear. Because he has a specific YS blend. So. I stayed away from that just because of what I've heard. I was like, yeah, yeah. I, don't a, I don't need to take a chance on it. Yeah. I, I've, it's been mixed bag. I hear some say it's terrible, some say... You know, they've been flying it for years, and it's fine, you know? So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, all I really would have to have is the engine and the pipe. I mean, everything else. I got servos. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, it'd be fun just to play around with it. Fun fly and stuff. Yeah. Not go through gallons and gallons, but I might have to do that. What's your reservation? Buy nitro. Buy nitro, but you already have nitro for the fifty. Yeah, I have some. Yeah, it just uses a lot. It's yeah, you don't get a lot yeah. of five, lot of six flights dollar per flights per gallon. Not I mean, my style exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I can't argue with you there. I mean, is it even that much? <laughs> is it five dollars a flight? Um, I think on average it's about six flights per gallon. I thought it was seven to eight, but yeah, it could be six or seven. I don't know. It's been on your heli, I guess, and how big the tank is. Yeah. Um, Usually it's, yeah, on an average. About, if, say, you get seven flights, that's, and you pay $40 a gallon, yeah. that's $5.70. Yeah. 
if you pay thirty bucks a gallon. Yeah, I think I pay four four dollars twenty eight cents. I think I pay um uh one thirty for a case. No, is it one thirty for a case? No, one twenty something for a case. Yeah, I thought it was one twenty. Yeah, I what got two? And it was yeah. Two, what? It was like two fifty. Fifty, yeah, two fifty. Uh, we we buy eight cases, but yeah, we we get the basically dealer discount. That's with, still um, thirty one bucks. So that's paying over what? thirty. So what fuel? Um, I do Byron's twenty two and a half. So there's four gallons to a case, right? Yeah. So, right. so you're saying that's so, about thirty bucks a gallon. Uh, yeah. Thirty one, yeah. thirty two dollars. Yeah, so yeah. thirty one divided by seven flights. So yeah, it's yeah, still four so. and a quarter, four and four dollars and forty two cents or so. so. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely more. It's definitely versus more. versus forty cents for the gas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a twice. Well, you don't you don't time. run you don't actually run gasoline, so it's more than three dollars a gallon or whatever, right? right? I mean, yeah, well, it's it's like seventy cents a flight. Yeah, so even at like say twelve dollars a gallon plus the oil, right? A couple bucks for yeah, oil. It's like oil. seventy cents, but you get twice. The yeah, how many fights so, you get? Say fourteen. So it, <laughs> it, it all evens out to be <laughs> yeah. way the fuck cheaper. Way cheaper. That's why I bought a gasser because I want to. I want to get in on that cheap fuel, that cheap uh, cost of flying. How do you fly that long? Like five minutes? I'm like tapped out, man. I gotta come down. Yeah, I usually try to limit. I don't know. I can't. I, like when I was breaking in the thing, I was trying to do ten minutes, and that's what my timer was set to. And now it's like coming out at half a tank, and I'm like, "Fuck! How do, how do I just do get warm? I'm just getting warmed up. Like ten minutes. That's got to feel like an eternity. Ten minutes. Uh, Dude, ten minutes. What you do is like, you fly for five minutes, and then you shoot like five or six autos, get a drink of water, <laughs> take a leak, and then you fly five or six more minutes and shoot ten more autos. I must still be a noob, though, I guess, because I'm coming from the oxy days where three-minute flight times, and so five minutes seemed like a big jump to me. I don't, I can't imagine ten minutes. Wait, five Man, minutes I, isn't that big, though. Like you, you don't get five minutes on your your logo, or you? yeah, no, I'm saying I do get five minutes, but that was a big jump from three minutes. Oh, from yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was yeah. like, geez, uh, I'm running out of stuff to do. Yeah, and now what do I do? Man, ten minutes. So ten minutes That's has a- got to be crazy. Yeah, that's a that's a guaranteed crash for me. If I stay up for ten minutes, <laughs> I'm I'm guaranteed I'm gonna put it in. Oh, yeah, I think ten minutes I get like mentally fatigued. Like I just uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. Right, any other questions for for Tom here before we move it on? Two more questions. <laughs> Tom, I was <laughs> no, I was reading in the manual uh, a while back about. Um, they were talking about putting a, a servo linkage on one of the needle settings. Have you ever seen anybody do that? Yeah, so back, uh, I, I don't want to say back in the day, but there used to be um, something called, um, oh, what was it called? So basically what it was is somebody designed something, a, a little board that had a temperature sensor attached to your engine. And then a servo, like I think it was a mini servo that would attach to this board. Um, and it would basically move your needle according to what you set the temperature to. Oh. So if you, have, if you have a range of temperature, let's say I don't want to run this engine or I want to run this engine between 180 degrees and 200 degrees, then the, the, the board, or I'm going to have to look it up because it's going to kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
basically, it'll richen and lean the needle to try and maintain the uh, temperature range that you have set in there. Kind of like an auto-tune. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, God, what was it called? So, yeah, if you, like, look at, um, like, the older, if you, no, I mean, if you look at the older um, 700 Nitro from a line, on the frame, on the front side of it, you'll actually see a small miniature or a mini servo slot okay. right there. And that's what that was designed for. Oh, I have um, seen that, pe- yeah. People would put this, um, man, it's going to kill me. I don't know what the heck this. Well, uh, maybe in the manual, or were they talking about doing it manually just so that you could no, you adjust the horn. tune and flight? Yeah, you can put a horn on the um, high needle the high needle, yeah, and it'll basically move the servo to try and maintain the temperature that you've got set. Andy, uh, to answer your question, from what I read, it was just like a manual thing, like a knob you would adjust. Right, you so, tie it to the knob on your radio, and you could just yeah. up or down and fly. But I know what Tom's talking about. I, I remember seeing something about that where you, uh, I mean, it's basically used a PID loop to, adjust up or down depending on the temperature but yeah. for some reason i don't think it worked out all that great or something well you never want to tune your engine for temp because you know let's say you have it set so that all right i'm gonna tune for you know 200 degrees i'm gonna tune a range for you know 190 to 200 and it might be fine if the ambient temperature is 90 degrees to 100 degrees but then if you Flying thirty degrees. Yeah, weather. it's going to get right. way too lean. Yeah, yeah, it's going to. Oh yeah, I see. The engine is yeah. never going to get you know two hundred degrees because it's so cold outside. So now, you know, the servo is going to peg out to lean. <laughs> you know, trying try to get that temp right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's there's just too many variables on that to make it work that way, and you you're never tuning for temperature anyways. The only uh, I used to have, you know, temp gauges on my telemetry and stuff, but man, that was so annoying because that shit was going off left and right, depending on how you flew. If you're doing TikToks and loading it hard, and the temp shoots up, and now you're getting warnings, you know, and, and it's mm-hmm. just it's annoying. So um, right. I ripped it all out. I never care about temp anymore unless um, you overheat it. Then you and at that point you know anyways. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really kind of a mute point to at least in my opinion, that I don't find temperature to be any useful um, in nitro tuning. Um, There might be times where I put my finger on the back plate just to see if, hey, you know, it's a very crude way of knowing, hey, is the engine running lean lean, or is it running rich? Mm -hmm. And usually if it's, you know, ambient temperature or just warm enough, you know, that means, you, you know, you're running fairly decent or on the rich side. If it's hot to the point where you can't keep your finger there for, you know, a couple seconds, then that means it's it's running lean. I mean, if you have enough experience, you, you probably know that engine's lean before you even do that, um, just because the way it was smoking, the way it was sounding. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's kind of a good way to help people to um, say, well, when you're flying and something doesn't feel right, bring it down and put your finger on the back plate. If it's decent and you can keep your finger there for ten seconds, then you know, then you're probably okay or on the richer side. If it's so hot that you can't put your finger there, um, then you were really lean and you probably should shut it down and let it cool off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
and just to note to any of our listeners that aren't experiencing nitro, this is like right after you land. Like you're not letting it sit there for a minute idling and then put your yeah. finger on it. Uh, it has to be yeah. like pretty much as soon as you land, you stop the blades and you basically feel the back of your back plate. Um, anytime you wait an idling where there's no airflow, really, it's going to heat soak that motor really quick and you'll burn your finger off. Yep. So. Yeah, you're not low crawling up to it while the blades <laughs> are spinning around. Definitely yeah, don't yeah. do that. Oh, don't do that That's either. Not how yeah. you do it? Oh. <laughs> no. You, you don't have someone hovering a helicopter above your head as you hold on to one skin and put your Oof. finger up in the hole. I don't want to just land on a picnic table and then crawl under it and stick my hand up there. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do any of those. Yeah, don't do any of those. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jeez. I've only seen pictures of guys doing that. I know. <laughs> well, back in the day, that's how they used to tune. I know. It's crazy. Who was telling us that they used to, they, they would uh, strap it to a sign or something and then went underneath it? Somebody, uh-huh. I While the motor story. spinning and everything. Yeah, wide, wide open. Yeah. Oh, my God. Scary. <laughs> scary stuff there. Any other questions? Nope. Everybody's on nitro out now, huh? Well, we just can't think of anymore. I'm sure as soon as we get off the call, but, oh shit! Why didn't he ask that? Yeah. Um, oh well, let's let's let me ask you this. Um, I know you're kind of going back to the the nitro motors and supporting equipment. What what pipes do you like to run on your on these different motors? Oh, here? that's a good question. Um, so the YS, I have the Hattori pipes for it. Ooh, nice. Which are no longer they're like unicorn pixie yeah. dust to try and find now. And it's yeah. the uh, it's the uh, Tim Jones 120 pipe too. Those are like oh, okay. fun. Yeah. Um, the OS I've tried the 120 pipe, the YS 120 pipe. I've tried the M Studio pipe, and I've tried the um, Protein pipe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I like the Protein pipe. So the Protein pipe stayed on the 105. Okay. Um, and the Nova Rossi is running its own brand pipe, the Nova Rossi the pipe. Nex pipe or NEX or something like that, isn't it? Or it's, uh, no. it's called the Rex H5 or VRS pipe or something like that. Okay. It's, yeah, it's this, I mean, you can. it's the combo that you can get for yeah. the Nova Rossi 57 and their branded motor or the branded pipe. Have you tried the... Um MRCI on the 105 because I heard some good stuff about that too. You know, I did too. Um, when they initially came out, there was a lot of um, grumblings about it falling apart. And <laughs> yeah, the end cap coming off and yeah, arm fiber and sleeve coming off. Yeah, because of the weight, also it was eating um, the rubber grommets. So, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Um, so so it is a soft mount like the Tories, right? Yeah, it's the soft one, like Hattori's, but because it's so heavy that it, um, a lot of people are saying they get like five flights and then they have to replace the grommets because it starts leaking. Oh, wow. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of stayed away from it, and I think they re-released a quote-unquote lightweight version. So yes. it's supposed to, um, I guess, alleviate the grommet issue, and um, it doesn't, you know, they fix the falling apart problem mm-hmm. um i'd like to try one but i don't think anybody has them in stock yeah mm-hmm. um and if you order it directly from them then you pay on and the bat taxes and and the shipping from italy mm-hmm. so 
You know, I, I mean, at this point, it's if I if I can get my hands on one, I'd love to try one. But if not, uh, I'm happy with the protein pipe. Yep. Have you have you tried the power boost versus the protein? Like, have you noticed any differences? So the power boost and the M Studio are, I think, identical. Um, so I haven't tried the power boost branded pipe, but mm-hmm. I have tried the M Studio okay. branded pipe. Um, it ran good. Um, the M Studio ran good. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say it's very similar to the protein pipe, but I like the way the protein sounds better than the M Studio. So I ended up selling the M Studio and just stuck with the protein. Okay, cool. Uh, I guess at this point, let's uh, we'll move it on to uh, the top ten shotgun round. Okay. All yeah. right. All right, and what order do you guys want to go with the questions for Tom here? I'll go first. Okay. You want to go second, Andy, and uh, I'll sure. come up there? third? I'll All go right. second. All right. So let's start the top 10 shotgun round. All right, Tom. Uh, pinch or thumb? Thumb. Nitro or electric? <laughs> Nitro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. 550 and bigger or smaller? Uh, 515 bigger. It's got to be 700s. 700s, okay. Yeah. Okay, when was the last time you flew a fly bar? Believe it or not, I actually played with one at the RCHO a couple weekends ago. Okay. There was, a, I think, a, a T-Rex 500 fly bar flying around there that we were playing with. Cliffs? Uh, it may have been Cliffs. It's a 500? Yeah. Yeah, that was Cliffs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. Dan had we, his uh, T-Rex direct-to-swash fly bar. Yes. Yeah. I want to see that uh, thing fly. It, it, it flies. It looks like it's flying pretty good. I haven't, nice. gotten, a, I haven't gotten a pull on it yet. Hmm. Okay. Uh, sport or 3D? 3D. Uh, strap or strapless? Strap. Coreless or brushless servos? Um, I have both, but I will say that I prefer the brushless. Okay. Fuselage style or pod and boom? Pod and boom. Uh, You like low or high head speed? All of it. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) And the last question is, do you... Like Urcha, or do you prefer smaller events? That's a tough one. I like mm. the Urcha, Urcha types because you get to see everybody that you don't normally see at the smaller events. Like, you know, yes. like Steve. I, I only got to see him, you know, at Urcha a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that reason, I, you know, like Urcha, but I like the smaller events because it's just a lot more chill. Um, you know, everybody's just kind of mingling with everybody, and there's really yeah. no pressure. It's just very laid back, and mm-hmm. um, so I guess I prefer the smaller ones, but I still do like the bigger ones. You know, like Urcha, because you get to see everybody in one place that you don't normally get to see because you know geographical reasons. Yeah, right. yeah, agree. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. I agree with that statement. It's uh, 
Yeah, Rich is great, but and it's great to see all these folks. You know, everyone on Facebook, we get to basically meet up and hang out. But yep. because it's everyone in such, you know, in a four or five day, six even six days, if you were going full time, um, it's hard to hang out with everyone. So yep. the smaller ones, like you know, because it's smaller, you could hang out all weekend with folks, and it's great. You know, so it's a little bit more personable, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think you can go to Urcha and pretty much not fly at all. Mm-hmm. Because you're just spending time trying to hang out with everybody and, and you know spend some time with people. I yep. think uh, what's his name Ryan Zanow does that, doesn't he? He, ne- he never flies. <laughs> he never flies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, Ryan. A <laughs> <laughs> little shout out to Ryan. No, I, I've seen him fly. It's usually on like the Thursday of the event or late Sunday of the event. Yeah, he'll fly on. Tuesday of yeah. an event that starts on Friday, <laughs> and then he'll fly on Sunday afternoon after everyone has left. I gotta stick up for my man Ryan, dude. I saw him fly on a Saturday at Fredericksburg. He looked a couple of times to make sure nobody's watching him, but he definitely <laughs> flew. Are you sure? Was it that video where he, he was pretending that he was flying? And no, somebody that, else. Was it was flying? before that. It was before oh, that. Okay. Yeah, and I just want to make sure he wasn't pretending to fly. That was him. That was yeah. That was definitely him. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, that was awesome, dude. That was so great. <laughs> I'm seeing a trend here, though, with one of the questions: cordless or brushless? Man, almost everybody says brushless. It depends yeah. what they fly. Yeah, I can't remember anybody saying cordless. It some so, some guys say you know like Tom, I have them both or. Yeah. But they, they prefer the brushless. I will give you my reason why I said brushless. The the only reason why I say brushless uh-huh. is because I fly nitro more and they're more efficient with um receiver pack usage. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So so quieter. You know, yeah, I mean <laughs> on the bench at least. Yeah, if you, yeah, that too. If you got a cordless servo, usually their power consumption is a bit higher than the brushless. Um, brushless seems to be a bit more uh, efficient, and that's really all I noticed. That when I had both, I, when I had two N7s, um, one of them was actually running cordless, and the other one was running brushless. Um, it flew the same; it didn't fly any different. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. tell the difference. Right. Um, but the amount of flights I can get before I had to put the receiver pack on charge was. Um, the, the difference that I noticed. And that's the only reason why I say brushless. Okay. Nice. Are we uh, ready to move it on to news and announcements? Yes. News uh, and announcements. All right. What do we have? We have the Gowie NEX 6. You remember talking about mm-hmm. this uh, yep. a little while ago? So I'm confused about this helicopter. What are you confused about? Does it come with both conversions or does it come with one or the other? You have to pick it when you buy it. You have to pick some pick something. Okay, so yeah, I'm reading out there a post here that you linked. Out of the box it comes six S mm-hmm. electric version. You can then choose what you wish to fly. You get to choose which upgrade part you need and simply get the parts that you need. Upgrade it to Nitro, and if 6S is not enough, we have upgrade parts to enjoy a 12S setup. So if anybody doesn't know, this is a 600-size heli from Gowie that basically can be built 
either 6S electric, 12S electric, or nitro. And it looks very old school. Yeah, I don't like the way the frames look because of the... It like has like a big, weird L-shaped hole in the middle where nitro motor is supposed to go on the electric. It just looks kind of fun, funny to me. But, eh, it's cool. You know, it's different. So this would be like a 50-size motor. 50, Correct. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, OS50, mm-hmm. 55, or YS60. And... uh it's only four hundred ninety nine bucks. Yeah, that's not bad for six hundred size. Really good price for a six hundred wow. size heli. Yeah, check that out if you have any interest. It's supposed to be says first batch are ready. However, amounts are limited, so contact your nearest dealer for pre order. So check it out. I mean, it's it's not a new idea per se there was i think rave had one that was like this or maybe something else but it's definitely a neat idea you know to be able to go either way yeah like steve said there might be slight compromises to be able to fit either way like the frame and stuff but it looks like it'd be a very inexpensive 600 size nitro or fly it as kind of a lightweight 6s 600 mm-hmm. that's your thing all right let's see what else have we got here a main has got a new battery mm-hmm. and this is a it's a protec rc Graphene 6S, 45 milliamp hour. Yeah, high voltage. You have, you know, high voltage. Yeah, that's different than a traditional light bulb. Mm-hmm. And they say that they realize there's a hole in the market, which is a battery that can be used in a 500, 550, 570, and 700 size helis, and that can travel through airports with that 100 watt hour limitation yep so by having a 4500 but being high voltage it fits under the 100 watt hour yeah size but you get almost the same flight time as a 5000 yes and they're graphene packs i don't know if you mentioned that yes i'm wondering it's the graphene success 4500 high voltage Similar weight to a non-graphene 6S 5000 regular voltage? I think it's, um, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, one of the things that I find it interesting is that um, they've done, like, an abuse test. <laughs> like, uh, a quality control test of, uh, you know, not maintaining a battery and not flying it down to less than 20%. Because they do right. say... Um, the, that after a ton of abuse and running down to three to five percent regularly, these cells cycle right back up without any issues, which is very, uh, impressive. I'm trying to look up weight, a difference between, I'm trying to find something comparable. It seems like they're lighter. Uh, the only thing I can find to compare it to is like a 5,000 pulse pack. Uh, it's definitely lighter than that and it's heavier than the 3,300 pulse pack um so i don't know i think it's right around um the weight 
you know, it's, I don't think it's any heavier. Yeah. It's um, 670, 670 grams. Does it state anywhere that the the max voltage, because I know it says high voltage, but. Yeah, that's 4.25, uh, 4.35. I think it's high well, voltage. I don't know. It doesn't say anywhere. No, I've, I've known from other high voltage packs. Yeah, but there's several. There's a 4.3, there's a 4.35. I think there might even be a 4.4. I thought it was four point two five and a four point three five. They're not all the I, same. I, I thought it was four point three five. I thought. I think I want to say I saw it four point three five when when Jason Bell. Um, okay. Released That's that. That's kind of what I was Facebook. wondering about. This says um, when charged to twenty six point one volts, these packs were still are a noticeable difference than a standard twenty five point two volt when fully charged. So twenty six point what? 26.1. Okay. Cool. Um, it's a 60C pack. They're A main, 144 and 99 cents. So $145. A little pricey. Yeah, but I mean, that's kind of in the range of. If you need something to fly with, like to travel with, not too bad, I guess. I know that McClellan's have been testing out some graphene packs. And um, mm-hmm. well, Devin's been flying them. Yeah, not this brand, but yeah, other graphene packs for sure. Yeah. These are uh, available for pre-order, and it says expected to arrive on Thursday, December nineteenth. Okay. So nice. I imagine they are on the boat. Mm-hmm. All awesome. right. What else have we got? Yeah. My list. New motor. Uh, Scorpion motor. The 4035, and it says, mm-hmm. specially built for F3C. Yep. No comment. So, <laughs> I guess my question would be, what would make a motor better or worse for F3C? This is a 4035 HK4 520 kV Scorpion motor. Six hundred yeah, no seven hundred size six hundred to seven hundred size helicopters. I guess the weight and the torque of it, maybe. Okay. I didn't know weight was an issue with F three C. I thought weight is actually good for you know hovering and stability. Yeah. Maybe it's know. where the weight is. I don't know. Could be. Could be C G weight, right? Like Yeah. You know. Especially when you get hover. Of course, yeah. You know, just not for competition. It's a small, I mean, it's a, it's a small motor. <laughs> well, it's a small-ish motor for a 700 compared yeah, to like a 4525 or a 4530. Mm-hmm. But the KV is right in that, that size range, for yeah. 700. So, yes. I don't know. Check it out. Scorpion, scorpionsystem.com mm-hmm. or any of Scorpion dealers. Okay. And price isn't too bad either. No, so what, two hundred and fifty bucks? Yep, two forty nine ninety nine US dollars. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. Or seven hundred size motor. Yeah. Cool. Nice. It's a small seven hundred. Oh, yes. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh we have uh, dates for the Urcha Jamboree. Yep. August fifth through the ninth. So mark that on your calendar. 
be sure you get there one way or the other. Ah, man. 2020. 2020. Is that back to the normal? Normal. Yeah. It is. So I guess the uh, rocket guys aren't having their stuff anymore. No, that was just a one-time thing from the way I understood it. Um, yeah. Wow. I also heard some mixed things. Like, I think the... I don't, I don't want to go into it, but, yeah. So. Yeah, I think everybody wanted the old date. The, the July dates were actually way better for me. Me too. It's, it's a, much more of a strain, but... Because mm-hmm. all the schools start down here. First mm-hmm. of August. But it is what it is. I'll go anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try. All right. Here's a kind of big news, I think. And that <laughs> is a new. Well, it's big news. I didn't say you, something you're, you're looking for before you start your giggling there, Steve. I'm just scared. I'm just scared. <laughs> what are you scared of? <laughs> Putting this thing on a 700 size heli. I read this. I was kind of uh, intrigued. Not that I was going to use it, but mm-hmm. yeah, Spectrum RC has a helicopter fly barless control system. Yes, the FC six two five zero HX. I th- it's big news because we don't get new fly barless units all the time, like completely yeah. new. Yes, right. And if you're flying Spectrum, then you might be interested because this is going to integrate and do all that fancy stuff with the ix12 and the ix20 yep uh it might be one of those things where make sure it's all going to work out you know let somebody else test it first but if it works out and uh is good then you fly spectrum it might be a pretty good option yeah and i do like that um what they call i guess forward programming um, it just allows basically for you to do a complete setup program and tune from your DX or IX radios um, uh, natively. You know, just maybe an update, but yeah, you can do it within it without a computer or a programming card or whatever. So that's cool. That is cool. Yeah. I might yeah. try something like this for my uh, scale helicopter. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Could. Ready from mini to 700 plus size helis, ideal for 3D aerobatic, F3C precision, and scale helicopter models up to 700 size. I'm not sure if the person who wrote the overview actually flew a helicopter, though, because it says pilots will enjoy predictable and precise flight characteristics. I don't know. <laughs> it could be the best <laughs> system in the world, and I still can't enjoy predictable and pre- all the time. Anyway. Excellent yeah. tail holding and rock solid pyro compensation. Proprietary advanced adaptive flight control algorithms. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> A lot of good buzzwords, buzzwords, you know? Yeah. Uh, it says excellent tail holding and rock solid pyro compensation. If that's true, that's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vibration is effortlessly rejected thanks to CNC mounting case and included high quality dampening mounting pads yeah 3m i mean who knows it may be the greatest freaking thing ever it may fly better than anything else yeah we don't, we don't know we're just speculating yes yes and i i gotta say i, I gotta think that um uh what's his name james um oh, what 
That was his last name. He he works for Blade and and does a lot of their development and testing and stuff under the Blade Holly side. Um, Haley? No, Healy. Yeah. Um, Haley. Haley. Yeah, and I'm sure he's put this through his pace. Like he can fly, you know. So sure. He's a he's a heli oh, yeah. pilot, so you know. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm partially joking. Just you know, my original comments of like, this is scary. It's probably it's gonna be fine. So. Well, I mean, they're building. You got all your your small helis with the AS3X heli okay. controllers, and you yeah. don't really ever hear them do anything weird. So, I mean, yeah, the helis exactly. don't. You know, they're small little he- they're small helis and stuff, but. I don't hear anybody having troubles with the flight controllers going crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they figure it out. One thing I don't hear about, I don't see anything about, and maybe I'm just not. Like, they do talk about gas mode failsafe, but they don't really talk about govs. And I'm guessing. I don't think it has. A nitro gov built in that you can use. Because there was a bunch of questions on the Facebook thing. Oh, okay. And I didn't link it. Because I feel like that would be, um, you know, maybe for electrics, yeah, sure. You know, you can run your ESC gov and it runs just fine, like Hobbywing, Scorpion. But if you're running Nitro and you want to run a gov instead of a V-curve, which I don't know if you can, right? It doesn't say it supports that. Just run, just run 100%. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good question. One thing I Currently, do like. there is no governor input. So that's for external. Wait, wait, okay. Yeah. Currently, there is no governor input. Somebody asked, uh, does it have a governor for nitro and electric? It says, oh, wait. No, I don't think it has any governor. No, I don't think it has any gov at all. That's a huge. Mm-hmm problem well you know yeah. i was gonna say we, we bust spectrum's chops a lot but i mean dude they have been constantly trying to make things better with the as3x and then safe and now this you know sure. mm-hmm. they've been trying yeah yeah i'm not gonna poo poo it just yet but <laughs> if they didn't put any kind of governor in it that's kind of a huge problem like yes 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 yeah esc's have governors but they some are better than others mm-hmm. and for any kind of fuel model like nitro you need a governor and having an external in separate governors just kind of a pain in the ass yeah no nowadays for sure anymore. yeah so i don't know it's kind of it's a little pricey i think it's two hundred dollars but it comes and, uh I mean that's less than some, but more than others. Kind of, but a it's like, range. yeah, but it's like two hundred dollars with a receiver, with safe, or like you know, self leveling, risky, right? So, you know, it's I think it's competitively priced. Yeah, but no governor. Yeah, so. which then kind of brings the value down for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, we'll see. I mean, and that's the one nine 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 nine. It's like there, you know. First release, here it is. Price, you yeah, know. a little less. They're they're always big on like one nine and it's, and then like you go the next day and everything's twenty five percent off and stays like that for you know basically forever. You know, yeah, so true. So we'll see. Well, I mean, it's it'll be good to 
see this in action. Maybe see some folks. Oh yeah, I mean, and I think it's great because you know, or the better. I mean, yeah, and who knows? This could be the driving thing that other companies need to need it to like get a little kick in the butt. And be like, okay, maybe True. I need to start innovating again. You know? Yeah. Sure. Because this does say it says it allows for smart ESC and battery telemetry uh, being transmitted with no extra models needed. I don't know why it says allows for but uh that would be cool if right out of the box you know you can get your battery voltage um and there's this other statement here that i'm not sure what to make of it but it says and if the sensor needs calibrated after a crash or a repair it can easily be done at the ford programming menu so i don't know like maybe there's a another menu they added to an update to like here's your level position recalibrate yeah maybe could be, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? I bet that where it says Smart ESC, Kevin, I think that's the Spectrum Smart Batteries and stuff. Yes. Oh, okay. They got that yeah. ESC Spectrum. now. Mm-hmm. So you can yeah. get all that telemetry. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Without a, all the extra, like, what? That's only else. if it's using the Spectrum one. I don't know if it will accept telemetry from other ESCs. No. As far as I can read, it says, you know, you can only get all this stuff like easy monitoring, voltage, current, rotor head, mm-hmm. RPM, when you're combining with the spectrum. Right. So, so specifically, that's, saying that's that. another kind of negative. Yeah. Okay. Especially like I could see this being beneficial for folks that are like buying. Well, I got that blade that uh, 480 or whatever. Yeah, the Fusion, the one that doesn't yeah. come with things. Yeah. And you could, yeah. The 360. Well, and if you're already fully invested in spectrum you know you got planes so you already got smart batteries and got an ix12 or you got a you're going to get an ix20 i mean it Uh it makes sense to try one of these out if you're a part-time heli guy or trying to get into helis you already Uh understand all the spectrum programming and stuff yes not a bad thing yeah yeah not at all i think this is actually like probably I mean, don't quote me on this, but I think this is kind of marketed for the folks that are graduating from like yeah. the AR six three six, you know, the mm-hmm. their, you know, the one that comes with two thirty or whatever. That you can buy maybe like buy a kit, heli, even from a different manufacturer if you wanted to, sure. and put this in there because you know the programming, you know the tuning, oh. and know how to uh, know about AS three S and safe and how to flip it in those modes and out of them. in your oxy or. Yeah, right? Or like Oxy-5, right? Someone wants to upgrade to 550, you know, or any other brand, you know? Doesn't. Right. So, that's cool. It's definitely cool to see new products coming Mm -hmm. out. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. And the last thing I got is a post from Blackout Mm -hmm. Mods saying they have been working with uh, Doug Darby and Kyle Dahl on developing a gasser conversion for the logo which will now i guess it'll be the g logo <laughs> yeah that doesn't make sense to me now is this for the logo or is this an upgrade for your logo i think it's a conversion a gas conversion for the logo for the logo and not just for the original logo well what's the difference between what between the i mean i don't the know the logo I don't know. and the logo Kevin, you have um, both. Is the bearing blocks any different in the main? No, I don't think so. It's the gear. Well, 
The servo layout's different, uh, though, right? The servo layout, uh, yeah, it's definitely different because the frames are different. The, the biggest difference is going to be that if you have a logo 690 versus the logo, um, the logo is plastic framed and it doesn't have bearing blocks. Oh, right. It doesn't have bearing blocks. It just has those, like, the, it's molded into oh, right. the plastic. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it just so it would, take a glo- it would take logo parts then. To convert. Correct. Yes. Correct. Yep. All right. So I was right. It's conversion for the logo. Then I don't like the name, the G logo. It's already a logo. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. But it's cool though. Yeah, it's a conversion size. It'll be Galgo. Gal Galgo. Galgo. Gas logo. Gla- glass logo. Well, it would know. be the. Glasgow. If he went traditionally, Glasgow. it would be yes. like the six ninety. SXZ or something. Oh, right. Yeah, because they like do like N7Z an N7Z and yeah. 700XZ. But they should take the, I don't know, they should do something different because GLO is glow. Yes, and that's already been taken. Even with the dash there, <laughs> that to me that stands for glow. Like nitro. So it should be get. So it well, should be to, a gas, be, to be gas honest, <laughs> I'm not sure it's actually night. Well, it does. It should be a gas go. Gas go. The gas go. Yeah. The logo gas. Why don't we just call it the Petro Go? Or the low gas. Petco, pet logo? <laughs> pet, petro. Yeah. Petro. I, I do like that there's just these these gas conversions are just kind of, you know, they're just, they're being developed. They're just if, amazing. If, okay, so, uh, uh, what's his name over there at Blackout? He's all about lightweight, like cutting mm-hmm. weight everywhere he can. Yes. So this has a and the 690, all the rest of the 690 is super lightweight. Yeah. The Gloco is arguably one of the lightest nitros. Mm-hmm. So this has a possibility to be a super lightweight gasser. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As- now, assuming that the head and all the 690SX parts can handle the extra weight. Because it's going to still and, weigh a lot more than a lo- a logo. Yeah. So, and the that, vibration. The vibration, the smaller mm-hmm. shafts and stuff. I feel like the plastic could probably handle the vibrations. But, yeah, just the overall oh, weight, I think, right. is, yeah, that's something to be concerned about for sure. You know, I almost asked Scott about this last episode. I almost asked him about putting a gas or a gas conversion for a logo like that size. But I've thought, well, shit, they just came out with the the logo. Why would they even think about something like that? But, oh, geez. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel like most manufacturers, gassers aren't really even a thought except for, obviously, no, miniature aircraft, right? Right. Yeah. Um, that, like, it's it's not a thought in their 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 future it's plans even or a roadmap or business model. Yeah. Well, we have these little, these really small companies like JC Designs and Blackout Mods. Blackout, yep. Mm-hmm. Kind of right. do them. And I'm sure they don't sell a ton of them, but it's cool that they're still making them. Yeah, yeah. I think it's great to have the options. Well, you know, you'll be limited to um, 700 size blades and under with the Glogo or the Gasco. Yeah. Oh, that's true. that's true too. Yeah. You won't be able to run the larger blades. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But Tom, a lot, a lot of guys with the blackout mods like the 700X mm-hmm. and the N7 have been running 690s, 
of various forms yeah. because of the power. You can turn them better. So it's oh. a little higher disc loading. doesn't auto hardly as good. Sure. But you can smack it a lot better. If it's li- if it comes in light enough, if it comes in under twelve pounds, mm-hmm. it could could be pretty cool. Wow, under twelve pound gasser, huh? Mm-hmm. That that'd be pretty impressive for sure. What's what's the uh, what's the whiplash way? I'm just curious, just as a comparison. Full of fuel, ready to fly. Mine's around fourteen pounds. It's that heavy. It doesn't feel like it. No. No, not at what's all. What's your but- goblin way? I don't know. I mean, I tried weighing it, and I, I, I got thirteen, and I was like, "That's not 13. <laughs> like something's wrong with the scale. No, it's so, probably yeah. thirteen like and a half. Full, 14, fill yeah. it full of fuel. It's probably fourteen yeah. and a half, fifteen. Yeah. So it, it's definitely heavier, heavier than the whiplash. Yeah, for sure. I think it's they're the heaviest get, gaster you can get. That they, yeah, you know, that's they're getting good. the 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 seven hundred X, a line seven hundred X. They're getting those down close to 12 pounds or right at it mm-hmm. yeah which is i think that's so totally a, a great flying weight like that's yeah, not might yeah. get this down to 12 pounds yeah we'll have to see but it's definitely cool more again the more options the better mm-hmm. yeah gassers are the new hotness oh geez <laughs> you get the memo i, I did not. that's why i have steve one. got it <laughs> steve got it no i delete all <laughs> office memos <laughs> yeah Oh, this is a TPS report. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that it, or do we have some more? That's all I've got. I think all that's right. it. Awesome. Great job. A lot of good stuff. Oh, oh, oh. oh. oh I, just rem- I, ju- I just remembered. Remember that device I was talking about that controlled your Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, called, it's called a CSM Carb Smart. Carb Smart. That's it. Carb Smart. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's what it was. Okay. Not to be mistaken with the Briars Carb Smart ice cream. Oh, no, no. no, no. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> I just Googled Carb Carburetor, not carbohydrate. Because <laughs> <laughs> I Google Carb Smart, and that's the first thing that came up. So Google yeah, you gotta, you got to type in a CSM in yeah. Carb Smart, and then I'll give it to you. Yes, I see it now. Yes, awesome. So is that something that's still being made? You know, I don't know. If it is, I don't think anybody's really using it. What is RRP in currency? Um, it looks like it's from England, so yeah, it's pound, pound. Oh, that, that's, yeah. Royal, I see the pound. pound. Yep. I see the pound logo, yeah. And they are in, in UK. Hmm. Interesting. I'm surprised I've never seen this on a helicopter. I mean I yeah. guess I don't know if it's old and like people don't just use it anymore. It's and like you were saying, it's probably not the great thing to do if you're, depending on your what your weather condition. I still see people on like well, when I was reading Heli Freak regularly, I'd still see people pop up asking about it and stuff. Oh, okay. And then it'd be like thirty people tell them why it's not a good idea. <laughs> when I originally read that, I wasn't sure if it was helicopters or airplanes they were talking about, so I kept reading and. That's why I asked. I just, but I have seen the the empty hole in the in the old the line frame. I remember mm-hmm. talk, ask, talking to somebody about that, asking them what that was. Yeah, so I guess if you lived in uh, Hawaii, where you don't get a huge shift in temperature all year round, mm-hmm. and you, yeah, but then why would you need this? You just tune it and it'd be done. 
Exactly. True. True. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's just more crap to go wrong. Yep. I guess let's move it on to what's next for you in a hobby. Sure. Okay. So what's next for you, Kevin? I don't know. I hope to go flying this weekend. It's supposed to be a little bit better weekend. Oh yeah. Originally Saturday looked good, but now I'm not sure. I think Sunday's going to be better. Okay. I and mean, who knows? It's Tuesday. <laughs> it all yeah. change tomorrow. And dude, we should uh, actually say um, what we're doing for Thanksgiving. We're going to do a Thanksgiving show, or um, yeah, that's a good because that's next know. week. I think we should, but um, you know, we'll we'll talk. About, I guess. I mean, okay, not to call call you guys out, but can you guys do a Thanksgiving show on Tuesday or? Yeah, Thanksgiving's on Thursday. Well, we but Kevin has to edit Tuesday. though. Oh yeah, so Kevin <laughs> can Kevin do it. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Are you on call that week? No, I just came know. off a call. Okay, so you should be good on that front at least, right? So Yeah. Well, potentially. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I'm not on call again until like the week before Christmas. And then Christmas, I'm going to be Sounds off. Sounds to me like you're on, on call all the time. Cause yeah. If they call you, you got to go. Yeah. Yeah, it's been that way. But Well, yeah. I, I kind of practice what I preach. I've been telling my nephew, you know, you want to be that guy if you get the call to go. And so kind of like trying to. It, it live what usually I um, benefits you in the long run. Yeah. Mm. It might take a long run, but. Yeah. You might not ever see it. It's that long. Oh, if I get employee of the month, I'll be happy. For, the, for last month. <laughs> for like one day. Uh, so what are you? What are you guys doing? What are you going to do, Steve? Uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to fly. I, I want to test that RPM sensor and make sure that's good. Um, hey, did you use that uh, sensor mount from Kerry? Mm-hmm. Yep. But, okay. Isn't that slick? Puts it all hidden away down in there. Oh yeah, it's awesome. So like the magneto has like two magnet spots mm-hmm. that it picks up, and you basically just add this right to just the end of it. That on, and it's yeah. under the cover, and it's. Yep. You don't have to add any magnets or fill with that. You use nope. the ones on the flywheel. It's it's yep. pretty slick. It works good. Yeah, and the only thing I did modification wise is uh, not the like the metal cover that covers the fan, but the plastic cover that kind of covers the head a little. I just basically scooped out a little um, like groove or slot, and then I used fuel tubing and basically put that over the um, the servo the RPM lead. And and then you know make sure that it didn't pinch or or crush it. And I figured I put this the little nitro um, fuel line there just to help with the vibrations and stuff, so it doesn't yeah. shave on on anything. And yeah, it was easy wiring it up. It was a very easy run up to the flybrows unit on the goblins. It was easy peasy. So yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. So uh, for myself, I just want to. I definitely want to fly. Um, yeah, since I missed this past weekend, so I'm kind of jonesing to go fly. And uh, I I got to uh, I got to start my nitro conversion on the Kraken. Oh right. So, so that's gonna be. Uh, I don't think I'll have. I won't have time to get it done before the weekend because I'm not done with this work, pseudo business trip slash business planning shit whatever. Um, until Friday afternoon, and and then I'll be driving back from. It's weird. Um, like I stay here to, I stay in Brooklyn on Wednesday afternoon and we drive up to Hudson and continue the business planning up there. And then, then I drive back Hudson directly home. So like I'll probably be home Friday afternoon or evening, but 
you know, I won't have it ready by Saturday or Sunday, especially because I want to do some um, uh, build videos and like you know unboxing and all that stuff. Kind of just you know create some content for it. So, yeah. so that's gonna take me a little bit of time. So you know, I'll, if I get it done, and I'll probably get it done for the following week. Um, so, are we gonna build these planes, or uh, do we start on that at all? Yeah, I think um, after the show we should take five ten minutes to discuss what we want to do. And then we can announce it on the next episode as this, this is our plan. This is what we're trying to do. And, and just okay. to kind of, you know, make sure we're all, um, we're all like, as far as like the time frame of milestones, we're all okay with that, you know? Um, especially because if you haven't ever built a balls of kit, you know, your ramp up could be slow because you're like trying to get your table ready and whether you use a cork board or a ceiling tile for like a, a surface to use for pinning. Um, the pieces down, you know, you might. So, um, I do want to talk to, I've been talking to, uh, Rocky boy, uh, John on flight test forum. I messaged him on the flight test forum. So I want to get him on the show and have him also assist us with best practices and, and, you know, just kind of go into some detail on like also kit building, right. To help yeah. us, um, uh, make sure we start on the right foot and, if you have any questions on how to start, like like I say, what to use as your build surface and and things like that, um, he could hopefully have some good well, recommendations. I, I looked at some of the uh, instructions, and a lot of this stuff keys together. I don't know if you even have to do that um, type of thing. I don't think you do. I think you yeah. just need a flat surface. Yeah. So so together. flat surface. Do you use uh, wax paper, or do yes. they recommend using wax paper for the CA and stuff? Depends on how good you are with a CA bottle. Hey, not so good. <laughs> my 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 little two fifty gram thing is gonna weigh probably four hundred grams because I'm gonna just add like <laughs> globs of freaking CA. <laughs> I'm terrible with gluing shit. Yeah, but anyways, I was thinking yeah. I'm probably gonna have um, a finger glued to my nose or something similar to what Justin went through. Pull adjusted. Yeah. You're gonna pull up uh, just yeah, pull adjusted exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. I just want to get out there and go fly and, and work on the, the Kraken and stuff. Uh, Andy, what about you? I really got to get this N556 put back together. Because yes. I just realized Torch's winter bash is in like two weeks. So I got to get my shit together so I can drive down there. Mm-hmm. What's so uh, that's what I'm going to focus on. What's that, Tom? What's wrong with the five five six? I let the battery come unplugged while it was in a hover, and watched it just sit there till it hit the ground. <laughs> this has been like six months ago, and I still like <laughs> yeah. Did it chicken dance? No, not really. No, no. thankfully, it come one damn I hit my house though, which was kind of shitty. Oh. And if it had unplugged itself. Five seconds later, it would have been in a full pitch climb out. Oof, oh, I was messing with the tuning and stuff and playing with it. I'd went done that two or three times, you know, punch out and then fly around, auto down and go a couple clicks in and do it again. So I, I got it in like, I don't know, three feet off the ground in a hover. And then the low voltage alarm goes off in the jetty. I'm like, oh, shit. So I hit throttle hold. Well, nothing happened, obviously. So it's just sitting there in a hover, like six feet in front of me. So I don't know whether to run away or 
throw the radio at it or what? So it starts drifting toward the house and then it start then it drifts a little more to the left and it kind of circles back around and hits the the field and just kind of flopped over and burnt the clutch out. Or burnt wow. the clutch. It didn't burn it out. It just like I run over there and was able to shut the fuel line off real quick. It okay. was, it was, uh, <laughs> it was interesting. Do you need parts for it? Uh, no, I've got all the parts. It really wasn't that bad. I, I broke the blades. Uh, I had to put a new liner in the clutch bell and the pitch arms and the boom. That's about it. I mean, torque tube and stuff, obviously. It, I mean, for for the situation, it was really, really not bad. It could have been so, so much worse. Like, like I said, it could have flew away, and I never found it again. Well, at least you know you had it set up good if it just kind of sat there and floated around. Yeah, it just kind of sat there for like five seconds and then just sort of slowly drifted. Yeah, yeah for a scary. second, I was like, what do I do? Do I run away? Is it going to come toward me? Or <laughs> Yeah, <oof. laughs> Go find a broom, try to knock it down. What I do hate I do? that that split second of hopelessness, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, because I mean, first thing I do is hit throttle hold. Yeah, but throttle hold did absolutely nothing. Yeah, without a receiver pack. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe if I had a spring, but it's got a Futaba brushless servo that's oh, pretty yeah. stiff, so I don't even know if a spring would have pulled it down. It it might. Probably I, not. It needs it. I mean, you really need a spring on your throttle servos. Yeah, the problem is it's with the brushless. Like, I have a brushless on yeah. one of my nitro, and it's, it's too hard it's to pull. It's hard to pull back. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so. that's why it doesn't have one on it. Yeah. It probably needs one. And, and even though people are like, why do you run a buffer or a, a battery, like a backup? Mm-hmm. It's because of that. That, you know, if I, if, I, if I'd it, had that, it would have been fine. Yes. You know, if I'd exactly. had a, any kind of battery backup, because the mm-hmm. main lead come undone. Yep. I live life on the edge. No spring. <laughs> no spring, no buffer. No nothing, huh? Just just raw you, power. Go for you it. Glue your you use any of the brain HDs? I do. Do you glue the battery cable in? Um yes, I use um Shugu. Um, yeah, I didn't have mine glued. I had the servo connectors glued, but I didn't have the battery connector glued. Yeah. It eventually yeah. worked itself out. Yeah, you definitely need to glue that in. Yeah. Oh, thanks for the advice. <laughs> Six months out. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's one of those things. I mean, I know that you need to do that. I just, for some reason, didn't. Or was yeah, like, yeah, oh, I I'll go. I got to, you know, I'm going to maiden it. I'll go back and glue that later. And then, right. of course, I never. Hey, Andy. Yes. Don't forget to glue that power cable. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. That's what he was waiting for, Tom. That's why it sat for six months. He was waiting yes. for that. Yeah. Good advice. Yeah. Sorry, you should have had me on the show earlier. Dude. We should have. <laughs> oh, great. You should go to Torches, Tom. Yeah, that can't be too far, right? Bash. Well, the closer problem, than I am. I always miss Torches and OHB, or you know, when it was OHB, because it mm-hmm. falls right smack at my wife's birthday. Oh, yeah, it's our oh, yeah. She she her birthday's on uh, Pearl Harbor Day, December seventh, mm-hmm. and that event always falls on like six, seven, eight, yeah, kind of time frame. Yeah. So 
um, yeah, that's that's well, my excuse for not. It only be let's see. It only be about twenty minutes further for me if I go down to Chattanooga and then go through Atlanta. I could probably swing through and kidnap you if you need a good <laughs> excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that would be cool. I mean, I, I've always wanted to make it. But, uh, Wait a minute. Why did you get kidnapped and all your helicopters you are missing? You have to like, baby, I don't know how, but I'm in Florida. This dude just jumped out of a van and threw me in the back of a camper. I don't know what happened. I thought he was going to say, I've always wanted to be kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she would probably hang up on me and change all the door locks <laughs> when I got back home. Yeah, boy. Uh, and what about you, Tom? What's next for you? Uh, what's next for me? Let's see. Um, I won't be doing anything this weekend or next weekend because I'll be headed out of town for uh, Thanksgiving week. Um, gonna go see some family. Okay. So, um, probably not until sometime in December before I might get a flight or two in just to kind of test hover and fly the uh, helicopters that I've kind of uh, did some maintenance on, like the 5x6 and the uh, N7. I just redid all the head, you know, head pushings and uh, the bearings and thrust bearings and stuff on it. So mm -hmm. other than that, I don't think my next um, real flights are going to be until uh, the chill out in January. I was going to say, get your stuff all tuned up for the chill out. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Nice. I think we have a date yet, but at least sometime in January. Mm -hmm. Have you seen a date, Tom? Um, Walt's I, doing it, but I don't have a date. Yeah, yeah. I think I might have heard the seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth. Okay. January. As soon as I find out, I'll confirm that on the show. But yeah, don't quote me. But I think anybody in the I area heard. definitely should go check it out. Oh yeah, man, those guys are great. That'd be MLK weekend then. Okay. Don't, Don't worry me. about being cold. They always have a big ass fire. Yeah, it's awesome. And heated fire station. So. Yeah, and I can't imagine it being that much. Like. Shit! Last year it was like fifty. Yeah. It gets cold at night, but the days were really nice. But I mean, like in the northeast, I feel like it'd be colder during that time of year, anyways. Well, yeah. So. Oh, yeah, you're going to come down and be like, man, this is like Florida. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, this is like springtime here for me. Steve's going to be in his <laughs> tank top and shorts. And and to be, I mean, to be honest, even if it's like 35, mm -hmm. it's not that bad when you're by the fire and then you got a heated hot station. So, yes, yeah. As long as you wear the appropriate clothes, it's not mm -hmm. bad. I think it's just more my hands. My hands and my face are usually doing that's that what if it gets cold. The heated flight station for it. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Propane heaters blowing on your hands. Yeah, I've yet to experience that, so let's. I'm curious how that's going to be. So we'll see. We'll see on January. I I'm say gonna, all I'm this time, my... and it'll be like snowing or something. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> it'll be like sleet, you know, and you're like, damn, it's raining ice. 20 <laughs> mile an hour wind. It's going to be like, what do we do? What do we do? Yeah. I know what we do. We get in a camper and hang out. Yeah, okay. we still have fire. Is serious. Yeah, I heard they're 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 pretty epic there, huh? Yeah, those guys know how to put some fireworks on. Yeah. <laughs> so. Nice. Big shout out to uh, Jay Treadway. He, he yeah. definitely knows how to throw an event. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, Jay and Leslie, they did a great job. Uh-huh. Awesome. And Rodney and his wife. Yep, can't forget Rodney and I think uh, Phil also helped cut some wood too. Yeah. They had a lot of wood cut up, pre-cut, so that we can just sit there and toss them in. Awesome. I guess let's uh, uh, let's do a wrap-up. Yes. Okay. All right. Facebook likes. We are at 943 likes. I see two new names, but I'm going to consider this three new likes. Here we go. We got Scott Graham from last week. <laughs> I think he liked it like Ooh. right after we did the Facebook likes. I remember I saw his name pop up. I think he Who's liked it. Who's this him. Scott Graham you speak of? I've never heard of him. <laughs> El Presidente. El Presidente. Yes. Graham 2020. Any of that ring a bell? Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then we have Alyssa and Brandon Brogan. Oh, thanks, cool. guys. Thanks for three names. Yes. Thanks, everyone. All right. Facebook comments. What do we got? Uh, we have some comments on last episode uh, two hundred one with Scott Graham. Make RC Helly's great again. Oh, I forgot. Um, I wanted to mention this earlier. Uh, I had some extra sound effects that were, I thought were caused by me trying to add Bill's little uh, Bill, Bill, Bill in. Uh, but it turned out that I think I muted something and soloed something and everything came on. So uh, Steve uploaded a new copy that fixed that. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Jo- uh Josh and Bandhauer says, what about bringing Bill on show? Bill, 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 really love your podcast. Andy said, Josh, uh, episode 41, or RC video production and photography with Bill Ann, and uh, posted a link. And mm-hmm. episode 171. Yeah, I was about to say, we did another one. Right. I posted them yeah. both. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Oh, okay. I didn't see that one. Um, and I wanted to add Joshin. I, I don't know how you say that. Joshin. Um, Joshin. If you're having trouble sleeping, just put that episode on. You'll pass right out. <laughs> Kyle Gaines said, Andy Rose, that was a fun episode. And Jimmy Tate said, oh, yeah, just in time for listening material while I get to tooling. Thanks for the great dedication to our hobby. We have we all have listening entertainment. So thanks, Jimmy. Awesome. Thanks, Jimmy. And I think that was it for Facebook comments. Okay, so let's move it on now, to website. I wanted to mention this. Uh, you didn't see this. Oh, the Gray Eagle uh, one. Yeah, uh, Ian fucking Joel. Oh, yeah, yes, there. yes, the meme. He 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 made a, um, sent this to us in our, our uh, visitor post, and I shared it to the main page because, so everyone could see it. Yes. But it's, uh, it's a meme. It says, after Gray Eagle Jr.'s voicemail, he's in our nightmares. And it's a picture of, uh, was it Buffalo Bill from um, Silence of the Lambs? Except it's got an is? eagle over the face, says Gray Eagle Jr. And it says it tick it tick tocks into greatness or it or it gets the hose again. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody as few people commented on that, seemed to be having some fun. Yes. And and the funny thing is I think he messaged I don't know if he messaged me directly. I think he messaged the Facebook he messaged, page. Yeah, the Facebook page. He was like, Yeah, I wasn't sure if I if I should post this. I was like, No, 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 you have to post this. Go for it. Go do it. <laughs> You know. Yeah, uh, Ian also commented under the post. He said, "If I go missing, you know whose basement I'm locked in." <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
the outdoor basement or a basement without walls or something like that. Yeah, I think, Steve, you said the basement with no walls. And I said, don't forget it's an outside basement. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Jared uh, Mincy said he's creepy. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the voicemails he left was very yeah. creepy. <laughs> and Ross Cooper Smith said, I still can't make my mind up whether this is the same Great Eagle Jr. Uh, or Great Eagle that's notorious on Heli Freak. Or if uh, it's somebody paying homage to the original. Either way, Steve's reading of the messages are both hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. You know, I think he was he attended the uh, Dragonfly event this year. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I thought I saw some posts, right, on Facebook from that event. Yeah. Yeah. He posted something about that event like he was there. So You were there, was, weren't you, Tom? I, I was. I was there. And Did you see him? I don't know. What does he look like? I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. An eagle <laughs> flying around. <laughs> yeah, I, I envision a you know a bald eagle head on a on a human body, and you know <laughs> doing some crazy TikToks and saying, "Yeah, TikTok integrate." Oh. <laughs> I was more. I was envisioning more along the the guy from uh, what is that movie? It puts the lotion on its skin. Yeah, that's that <laughs> meme. Buffalo Bill. Silence. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what that kind of imagined him to look. Yeah. Yeah. He nailed it with that that meme he made. It (laughs) TikToks into greatness, or else it gets the hose again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's funny. Awesome. Okay. uh, Let's see here. Do we have website comments? I think we do. Yes, so last Friday, Gray Eagle Jr. emailed us. Dad, question mark. Unknown. I hatched, promised much. But new family of great appreciation. Stranger, no danger. Internal internet interaction of positive. Hi there, Eagle family. Okay, I am. Many promises. And how's the end of that? Oh, jeez. I think it's his response to um, Grey Eagle Jr.'s dad emailing us. Or was it a Pod Bean comment or something? One of those things. Yes. Uh, yeah, something. Yeah. Yes. So, okay. <laughs> so he hatched. So he's not sure about his dad, I guess. But he does appreciate the new family. So I guess I'll take it. Awesome. All right. And... Uh, looks like we have a voicemail because I know I see the voicemail message here. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where we want to stand with the listening, you know, playing the voicemails online on the air. You want to um, wait till we have a Yeah, few? we'll save up a few. Yeah, let's do that. Well, I just, I don't want to wait too long because he, this, I think this is talking about the last episode. Talking yeah. about the one from Rocket Boy? Yes. Yeah, so I think this is this is the one from last episode. But you know, at the at the at the most, we'll just um, we'll play next. We'll try episode. to we'll play next episode, and so we'll be a little more prepared. Okay. Anything else? I don't see anything else here. Yeah. All right, people of Podbean. People of Podbean, we had uh, quite a bit of an activity list on Podbean. Uh, a lot of people started following us. Roblox team. Star Wars Droid Nunna, Gef Du, Andy Padler King, 
Mad Rocks Rick, Philip Kerber, and Leafed Out Loud all started following us. JW John 5555, Pete Dela Cruz, Heli Man, Heli Fun, D Delisle 81, and Andrews Glenn 924 all started, uh, all liked episode 200. Oh my God, we made it to 200. Mm-hmm. And Gray Eagle Jr. liked episode 201. Make RC Helly's great again with Scott Graham. Nice. So thanks, everybody. All right. Thanks, everyone. And I'll read over. Uh, we have a couple of comments here. Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, Travis, uh, Travis, I don't know, um, six days ago said, Jeff, as for the 3D printed planes from 3D Labs, they fly quite well and look beautiful. A club member by me also designed a custom E-1000 streamer combat plane. Uh, search HP-1 E-1000 streamer combat. Flies awesome and holds up well. Cool. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Uh, let's see here. Jared4454, five days ago, says, Dude, the best part of this whole show was... The guy talking about Radio Shack. I'm driving down to barely <laughs> keeping my car in my lane because I'm laughing and crying so hard and a bunch of crying emoji icons. Crying, laughing emoji icons. Uh, so, yes, that part was That was crazy. a good one. Well, what was funny was I didn't realize whether he was serious or not. Yes. And, like, that's what was just made it great, man. I didn't, I didn't understand if he was serious or not or didn't know he was serious enough until, like, halfway through. When he right, started talking exactly. about the batteries, I was like, Okay, yeah. yeah, you're joking. There ain't no way. <laughs> yeah. But awesome. Okay, and then the last one we have four days ago is from Gray Eagle Jr. Of all things of sense lacking spoken of verbiage, the first of after said before content content after. Sorry. Making of greatness effort many passion. What the supergram brought and Contributes shines a lantern in the way, dark, but now seen. Burn that sunlight. Even unwithout ability of many, attempt was made to make side of out element of improvement. Let's keep heli greatness. If you like a cracking egg on nitro, we'll scramble for breakfast. Question mark. A meal for sensing, brain of confusion. Thanks for the effort to make existing. Tis the season. In serious of speaking, much weight in the mass of measure. Appreciate all your heart with blood for living. Dr. Helly Reader and family of said speaking nonsense. <laughs> Appreciated much of effort without understanding. Only misfits of my dimensional drift. Home in your space. Everyone needs a buddy. The end. Okay. <laughs> that was a long one. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. She broke it up to like six paragraphs. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good long one. I don't understand half of it, but um, you know. You understood half of it. <laughs> well, understand. some of I, I understand everyone needs a buddy. <laughs> yeah, you know I understand uh, goblin buddy. <laughs> yeah, I think so. There's a joke on that. Uh, you know, I I understand they appreciated much effort without understanding. Like he appreciates that, even though we don't understand what the hell he's saying. 
I know he got it. one thing right at the beginning. He said, speaking of nonsense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> True. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Greg Eagle Jr. And keep them coming. We love it. Let's see, iTunes review. I didn't see anything new on iTunes. All right. Nothing new on iTunes. Okay. Uh, I want to give a huge shout out for Tom coming on the show, taking the time and effort to, uh, yeah, answer all the questions and stuff. It's great. Great to hang oh. out and meet you. Yeah. You know, get to know you more. Yeah, Tom. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Great show. I learned a lot about Nitro. Actually. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. We have this That's phrase awesome. that I do at work. Um, it's more like an emoji icon thing in our Slack channel. But, like, if you learn something new, you write TIL. Today I learned. So, yeah, totally. <laughs> All right, awesome. TIP. Today I pooped. <laughs> well, that's, you know, when you get to that age, I'm glad. I'm glad you're, you're staying that's, regular. That's why I write it down. an accomplishment when you can't. <laughs> All right. See that TMI information. <laughs> uh, yeah. So again, thank you, Tom. Um, and uh, yeah, anytime you want to come on the show, let us know. We're, you're more than welcome to come back on and we'll definitely chat and, you know, maybe maybe I'll see you uh, this come January. We'll see. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, had fun. Yeah. Cool. All right. So. Drop us an iTunes review and we'll read the review in the next episode. Emails at freefrc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash freefrc podcast. Check out our webpage, freefrc podcast.show. Gotcha. Say hi to Chris Rybert. Hi, Chris. Hey, Chris. Yo. Flight Test Forums, off the field, audio and video production, other than Flight Test Podcast, freefrc podcast. And say hi to David Hill, aka Hildeflyer. Hey, Dave. Hi, David. Hey, Dave. <laughs> uh, Give our fellow podcasters a listen and subscribe and smash. Or, oh, wait, no, no, that's a YouTube thing. Uh, <laughs> Telerotor Podcast. Mike, Mike, and Robert. And? And um, Rich. Yes. Uh, BKRC Podcast. That's Bert and Kyle. Mm-hmm. And Rich. Uh, <laughs> and Rich. <laughs> I see Roundtable. That's Fitz, Terry, and Lee. And sometimes rich. <laughs> and I'm enjoying their series from the AMA West. Yeah. Which I hear is the last AMA. Yeah. Yep. East they're or not West. Gonna, they're not going to do the East or West. Yeah. Which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Kind of sad to hear. Uh, I guess we might have to go out to the Toledo show if you want to go to uh, an RC uh, Expo type event. I know, right? Yeah. That's the only one I think that's uh, going on strong, you know? Adams RC. <laughs> Swap me. Oh my god. I don't even know why I waste to fight hours again. No, dude. That I thing. was gonna say don't come to Jersey's just for that. Uh, anyways. Uh Heli Heads Podcast, our buddies. That's Kevin, Mike, and Daniel. I have really been enjoying their show. It's pretty yes. funny. Yes, the last one was uh the AccuRC. Yeah. You know, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, good show. Yeah. Uh, what do we got here? Skids up. That's Javier, Frank, Scott, and Paul. Mm-hmm. Or nice. Dave. No, you got it right. Paul. Right. <laughs> uh, high voltage. With Bobby Watts. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't forget to check out our friend Bill Ann's YouTube channel. Bill, Bill, yep. Bill, Bill. Check him out. Yeah. All right. Thanks to our listeners. 
Thank you, Tom, again. Coming on the show. Free our skies, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. 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 Something I was gonna say about Bill and I forgot. I was gonna say we made it through an entire show without making fun of Bill. Damn it. (laughs) That's part of the last Heliheads. They spend like five minutes making fun of Bill. (laughs) Oh, do they? Yeah. And then at the end. And then they're like Bill, come on our show. We won't make fun of you. Or we don't make or listen to our show. We don't make fun of you like the other guys. Like, dude, you just fucking made fun of him for five minutes straight. Don't trust him, Bill. Jack. Tay, can you hear me? I hear you. Yeah. Microphone's not plugged in. That'll help. Correctly. (laughs) You don't have to plug your microphone in. (laughs) But it helps. It does help. (laughs) <laughs> it sucks to be the only person that knows anything but man i was in i was in new york city yesterday working late with this young kid and man he was like i've had it i can't work here anymore and i'm like what's what's wrong he's like you know when i got hired they told me to try and keep me out of the city same shit they told me <laughs> yeah he probably just started laughing <laughs> and, and i was like dude it's not schneider it's the city the city sucks dude and even the guys that have worked here full time for years will tell you it sucks. Stupid ass cities. Stupid ass cities and their stupid ass tons of work. I guess guess who I got a text from today? Fred? It's me. No. <laughs> that that'll never happen. Um <laughs> Jeff um, Para? No. <laughs> no. No, no, no. What the, the hell is that? Oh, he sent an image? What's Someone took that? a snapshot. And it's funny because somebody just pinged me today asking if they want if I wanted to sell my uh, Mavic, and I was like, "Sure, why not?" He's like, oh, "How many flights do you have on it?" I said, six. <laughs> you know, six total flights. I care more about those quads. I hate to say it. I mean, to each his own. And I, I, Rich is a great guy at our field who flies quads constantly, but just it doesn't do it for me at all. Yeah. I mean, well, it's because I, it flies itself. You don't need to do anything. And I had some fun with the, the flight test one that I built and was doing yeah, some but video with. But that's, that's like yeah. experimental. So if yeah. it works, you're like, holy shit, this is awesome. It yeah. works. Imagine you plug it in and guarantee to work. Yeah. Unless you're yeah. too close to an airport. Then it says, no, sorry. But that's what I mean. I have more I have more love for those things because we get good video with those things. Bill Ann does a lot of cool stuff with it. Mm-hmm. With his videos. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about video editing. So the Me first either, thing you Tom. need to know about video editing is you have to get a very comfortable chair because you're going to be in it for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm I thought you were going to say if you've never done video editing, <laughs> don't do video editing. Speaking of crashing, did you guys see that video of that uh, guy named Frank something crashing his foamy? <laughs> yeah. I watched oh. that earlier today. Wait, what? No. <laughs> that was so hilarious. Oh, man. You guys need to watch it. He's Send like a them. storm. That's oh, dumbass. I knew it was going to be good when he's trying to put the battery in. He's having a conniption fit. Yeah. What, what was, what was it posted? YouTube? Facebook? It, yeah, it's, it's a all YouTube over video. 
Yeah, it's a YouTube video, but they've been linking it. It's been being posted all over Facebook today. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, man, it's awesome. It's pretty fucking funny. Yeah, like oh, the, the 810 crash. Okay, yeah, I see a post. Uh, I, I, yeah. I saw the thumbnail for that. I didn't see yeah. this yet. Let me watch this real yeah. quick. Turn up, turn up the volume, too. Flight, or the short flight. <laughs> the short flight. Has he got a red shirt on? Yep. Red tank yep. top kind of shirt. Right. Sleeveless, yeah. This guy looks like my neighbor from Bayonne. Notice that how out of breath it gets just trying to put the battery in. Just for the, yeah, I was about to say. And it's not like, even that. It's like taking forever to just put the battery in. Oh, it's just oh, yeah. oh yeah, just keep watching. He it like, looks better. like that. Uh... Back to the box plane. Okay. There we go. Now, let's see what happens. Oh boy, a shameless last word. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of those. Steve, I got my video synced up with your audio. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> All right, he's about to take off here. Let's see what happens. It's a little fast. Whoa! Where's he going? Did it again. I don't think she got enough power to get off the ground. No. Play has no power. Is that full throttle? Do it again. Try again. Get that. Get it up. Get that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's the wife or girlfriend. It's like, get it. Get it up! Get. I like the cement blocks yeah, in the runway. Yeah, that's uh-huh. freaking great. Yeah. yeah, that's in case you have a runaway. Looks <laughs> like it was going good. Okay. Uh-oh. Come on. Oh boy! Oh boy! You said I got it. <laughs> Yeah, it looks tail heavy to me. And too much throws on the aileron. It's a damn. It's the wind. (laughs) (laughs) And also, that time of day flying has got to be hard, man. That dust. And look at his throws. He's got way too much throws. Yeah, way too much aileron for sure. Oh, oh, it's dipping. Oh, it's wagging. Oh, it's dipping. It's wagging. Where's it going? All out of fucking whack for sure, dude. <laughs> it's going to be nighttime by the time he lands it. <laughs> yeah. I know, he's got no power yet. He flies it around like eight yeah. circuits. Yeah. Yeah. His, his ailerons are way too much for him. I think it's too okay. much everything. Yeah. But especially ailerons. He's like okay. 90 degree tilting constantly. Uh, don't cut too much throttle, dude. It's an EDF. Oh, sh- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, jeez, right. He says the trim's out, but he, he doesn't start trimming it until like the third lap around. Until now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I hear him hitting the button. Oh, bird's going to get it. 
Go get it, dude. Well, he's flying it, but the whole time he's saying, I ain't got it, I ain't got it. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe he doesn't have control on it. Like, he's controlling it, but doesn't have real control, you know what I mean? <laughs> Why don't you use a runner too? You're not using a runner at all. I can see that tail dragon. It was about almost three. Oh, yeah. to get it. oh, oh, down it is. Oh, fuck. Jeez. Just fucking place the whole fucking plane. Fucking piece of fucking shit. I'm gonna send this motherfucker back. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Send it back. Film this video first. Sounds like Michael. Yeah, right? <laughs> Dude, take up drinking. Just stop. Then drink by yourself so you don't danger anybody else. Nah, if you drink this guy, would be a fucking murderer. <laughs> AC's not... I mean, RC flight's not for him. It's oh, not even, oh my god, what, what an yeah. asshole. Oh my god, you made it so much worse. It wasn't even that bad. It wasn't. The fucking one vertical stab and... And just a little bit of fucking glue would have been fixed. He just ripped it apart. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly used plane for sale. A10 Warhog for anyone interested. Wow. Mint, mint condition. Now. One flight can, only. <laughs> can you imagine owning a hobby shop and you sell somebody like this a plane and they bring it back saying, this thing's a piece of shit. It won't fly. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a, be a big pain in the nightmare. ass. Yeah, yeah, that's the worst nightmare. For I shop. think this happens more often than not, though, from what I've heard. Like people buy shit and then they're too stupid to fly it and they crash it and then they what? want their money back. Yeah.